For me, it began in 1992 with an ending. I was five years old and happened upon a comic shop advertising the death of Superman in its window display. From that moment forward, the Man of Steel has been my favorite character. And now on this podcast, I'm exploring my fandom and examining the creative visions that have shaped the last son of Krypton across media for over 80 years. Welcome to Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato, and joining me to discuss Zack Snyder's Justice League is my buddy, returning guest, comic book artist, V. Ken Marion. Yo, what's up, Anthony? Thanks again for having me. I'm excited to talk uh, Justice League and Snyder Cut, and, you know, it's going to be a blast. This is going to be epic, and if you'll indulge me for two seconds, I want to address our audience for a moment, and I just want to say that I don't care how many podcasts you've listened to about the Snyder Cut on how many podcast platforms. You've never listened to the two of us on Digging for Kryptonite uh, in the spirit of Batfleck. Yeah. So you and I have not talked since, since you watched it. I know you know that I loved it. I posted a little reaction video on social media the morning uh, right after I finished watching. So you know that I loved it. Uh, all I know is that you watched it today. Uh, a few hours ago, you texted me that you had a lot of thoughts, and that's it. So I'm dying to know, my friend, what is the verdict? Okay, can we swear on the show? Go for it. Okay, movie is fucking spectacular. Right? Loved it. Right? Yeah, so good. So good, yeah. Um, I mean, we can, we'll get into I'm sure we're going to break this down top to bottom, but first overall thoughts is way better than the, uh, the theatrical cut. Um I mean, it's basically a different movie, like tonally, narratively, characters, everything's different for the better, everything for the better. And yeah, this movie was fucking amazing. And I just, I, I think it's my favorite of the DCEU movies. Um, but again, I literally just watched, I finished watching like an hour ago. So I'm like still on that high coming off of it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I had a blast. And uh, so yeah, let's, let's, I want to hear what you have to say, like more, more in depth. I'm so glad. So I had a feeling that you would. Uh, but I'm really glad. Yeah, there's so much that, that I want to say about it. I've really been looking forward to this opportunity to debrief with you. I also, I'm going to, I'll be honest, man, there's some venting that I need to do and I need a little podcast therapy because for the most part, I've seen a lot of great stuff, a lot of positivity online, but there, as always, there's going to be some negativity and that's fine, right? And you and I have talked Snyder's movies before. We understand not everybody likes them. There have been a few arguments against it that I'm like baffled by, like baffled Wait, by. really? Okay. Yeah. Before you get into it, that, yeah. that surprises the hell out of me because I haven't seen a negative thing at all on social media or anything. Like people that have like hated the Snyder movies have said this movie's great. So that, right. that's why I'm, I'm shocked to hear that. So let's hear it. And I've seen a lot of, again, I've seen a lot of good stuff and I've seen there are numerous instances of people like in my circle who, you know, weren't so hot on his stuff in, in the past and now they, they are, they like this and that's wonderful to see. Um, well, actually, before I go further, let me just say this, a spoiler warning. We are assuming you have watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, so mm -hmm. there will be spoilers. Um, if you haven't watched and you care about being spoiled, stop uh, and go watch mm -hmm. the movie or read a summary or, or whatever. So we're going to assume you've seen it. There will be spoilers. And again, we assume you've watched the movie. We're not going to give you a plot summary of a four-hour movie. Like we're assuming everyone is coming in familiar with the movie. So fine, let's just get right into it. I, I guess I need to get this off my chest. That's fine. Do it, do it. So... And these are people, some of my greatest friends, like, <laughs> like, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours, Chris Wilcock. I'll give him a plug. 
Chris Wilcock, Undiscovered Realm, uh, Addicted to Ink. If you have any tattoo needs or Funko Pop or gaming needs, Chris Wilcock is your guy, okay? But I saw him post on Facebook the other day. He hadn't even watched the movie yet. And and basically the gist of, of his argument was like, well, if, like it's, it's not right to compare the two cuts of the movie. Like, of course... Uh, Snyder's version is going to be better. It's twice as long. Like he has the the duration to tell a better story. And I couldn't help myself. I had to comment. It's like, <laughs> there's so much that's better and stronger and more effective in this movie on a scene by scene basis. It's not like, yes, the added time is obviously a benefit. I would never deny that. But th- again, the benefits go so far beyond, like there are so many instances where this is an improvement um, even separate from the running time. So there's that. Uh, I mean, there have been a few other things, I guess, that, that uh, you know, we, we can get into. But that that was one that I, I keep seeing. The other one, this one I think I'm most baffled by, which is I've seen a few people say like, well, it's not really fair, basically, because Snyder has the benefit of hindsight, right? And he knows um, like what worked and, or didn't work in the movie that came out. And he had the ability to like change stuff now based on fan reaction. It's like, come on, really? Well, I, he, he claims he never watched the, the theatrical one. Plus like it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only reshoots on this movie were that end scene with the Joker, right? Yeah. That, that like, like, so, so all the stuff throughout the whole four hours was the original foot, like, like, most of the battle stuff, right? Like, yeah, from what we're told, yeah. All he filmed was that nightmare sequence at the end, and they said one other pickup shot. I don't know where that went, but um, so that was it. Because I remember when they announced that he was doing additional photography, everyone was like, "Oh, now you know, like he's going to add all this stuff." It's like he filmed one scene, like Jesus. Yeah. Um, and also, yes, famously, he has maintained, and I believe him honestly. I believe him that he didn't yeah. watch Justice League, and like I don't know from everything that we've we've heard about this it seems like all this man was trying to do (laughs) was restore his original intent for this movie and so it's like they're going into this like there's no way this guy was using any footage not shot by him so like anything from the Whedon cut that's not in this movie is not because he heard people didn't like it it's like it's not in there because it's not his movie yeah yeah no as an artist (sighs) I can say that like when you when you're at that point when you just want to get your point across, it's like I, 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 I'm not saying he didn't. I mean, like obviously, I don't know the guy at all personally, but like a, as an artist, I would assume that he didn't watch the the Joss version simply because he just didn't care. Like not because he was angry. I mean, he probably was a little angry, but like, but I mean, like it, it was probably just one of those things where it's like it's not has nothing to do with me. I'm not putting myself through it. I'm just I don't care anymore. You know what I mean, kind of thing. So. I would assume that's it because that's how I would be if I was in that situation as an artist. But, but yeah, like I can, I, I 100% believe it when they say that this is all his original stuff and this dude, totally this movie is so much better. And okay. This is another thing. When we talked, listeners will remember, we talked about man of steel and Batman versus Superman in a previous episode. And one of the complaints I had about those movies was that there was some weird editing in those movies where I mentioned that like, it felt like a scene ended abruptly and then a new scene started like scenes were cut really weirdly. And I didn't feel that at all in this. So that kind of proves to me that he's been dealing with like suit fuckery since the beginning. Like yeah. they've been chopping up his movie because this movie had none of that. And I, and, and going back or thinking back about man of steel and Batman versus Superman, they did feel like they cut off those, like the, the connective tissue between scenes just to like fit it into a runtime, you know? Um, 
I mean, I don't really think you could put a four-hour movie in theaters. Like, I mean, I will say we had to pause it many multiple times for like bathroom breaks and stuff. So, I maybe his strength going forward would be just doing like, like either like long, long movies for streaming services like this, or like almost like mini series, you know, like British style, like three episode, hour and a half kind of things. Like, who knows? But like it, it, this movie benefited one hundred percent from like letting him just let things breathe get all the characters in there, all the story build up, all, all the little pieces that fit together to make this, the, the narrative cohesive and coherent, like all of that was in there. And like, he is like a true, like artistic visionary when it comes to this stuff. Like this, this movie looked nothing like a Marvel movie. Look, not like his stuff is so singular. It's like just visually to what he does is that it, it, it is, it's a shame that we're not going to get another just Justice League movie from you know. Well, I mean, mm. fingers crossed we do. Like, ho hopefully this makes enough waves that we get part two. You know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, I appreciate you allowing me to get my vent. I was I was going to save my venting. I really was, but uh, I'm <laughs> glad we got it out of the way now. Again, I'm not saying everyone has to love this, but it's just like some of these arguments. I just feel like, uh, you know, unless you know, cause I, and I've really tried to be fair and really think about like. If hypothetically, like, let's say I were so offended, like by Snyder's take on these characters, like, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe I would be like that online. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I wouldn't, but maybe I maybe I would if I really felt like so wronged by by what he was doing. But I, again, just like some of these arguments and, and from people I love in my group, it's just like, I don't know. Um I don't, I don't really get it, but whatever. I mean, I mean, I can say for myself, I wouldn't. If, if something like just I didn't like or made me so mad, I just wouldn't watch it and kind of like move on with my life. You know what I mean? So like, I, I don't, I don't really get the, the hate per se either. Yeah. Well, that's when I put when I posted my little reaction video the other morning. I said I was like, you know, if if you don't like Snyder's work, it's like you should just do something else today. It's all right. Yeah. Like it's really yeah. fine. But anyway, all right. That we, we took care of that. Honestly, I, I mean I think this episode is gonna be a, a celebration because I'm I'm just I'm still riding high. I mean, I watched this so I guess we can talk about our viewing experiences because I I stuck with my plan. I had shared this with you uh, at some point, either on or off mic, but I stuck with my plan. I um I slept for a few hours um before the movie dropped at three AM uh Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Um, I didn't sleep as long as I had anticipated because we put our son down for bed at seven and I was going to sleep from like seven to two or two thirty, but then I got a workout in from six to seven and then I had to eat after and I couldn't sleep right away. So I, I ended up staying up a little bit longer, but I got a few hours and I woke up around two or so and uh, I had gotten a venti cold brew from Starbucks earlier in the day and fridged it. And I, I immediately went to that and then I woke me up and I watched Colbert's monologue and I was like, you know, waking up and getting in the mindset and, uh, and as, as soon as that clock turned 3 a.m., I was, I was in HBO Max. It wasn't there instantly, and I was like, all right, it's okay. So I went out of HBO Max. I went back in. It was there, and I pressed play. And uh, initially, you know, when normally starts playing, right, like you see the time code, you know, you see zero minutes, and then you see the full runtime. But it had zero and zero on both ends, and I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, this is a disaster. Something didn't load right. It's not going to play. <laughs> But then very quickly, I saw the full runtime appear. And I was like, all right, we're good. And uh, you know the little DC animation that rolls at the beginning, like with all the characters? Mm -hmm. It was a little choppy. It was like buffering. And I said, oh, no. I was like, everyone across the world is watching this right now. And, <laughs> and this thing is not going to play right. But once, once that little intro thing was done, it was fine. And 
you know, my wife was asleep and then obviously our, our son was asleep and it was just me. And I will rewatch it with Steph um, whenever she wants. And, and we will probably do that sooner rather than later. But it was just me in those early morning hours from 3 a.m. to 7 a.m. And I took a break pretty much every hour, like bathroom break, get another drink, replenish snacks, stretch my legs. But we're talking like a minute or two. So, I mean, I really went pretty much straight through. And, you know, like I had so much expectation and excitement going into it. And I was nervous. I was like, you know, how could it possibly live up to what everyone has built it up to be, what I've built it up to be? But I tell you, man, in those early morning hours, like that, that solitary experience of just immersing myself in it, I loved it. I mean, it was really one of those movie watching experiences. I don't, you know, I mean, I, I think it's a very small group of those that I've had where it's like such a like magical experience of watching it. And I loved it. And, and man, it did not feel like four hours. I mean, yes, I needed bathroom breaks, but like, I, I mean, I was each time I saw the the next chapter title come on screen, I was like, oh, no, it's like I'm closer to the end. Like it's going fast. Yeah, I thought it was for a four hour movie. I thought it was paced so well. It didn't feel like four hours. I just I, I just and that's why I did that video, that little two minute video that I put on social media. I was like, I just wanted you, to capture you, it. It was funny because you looked tired in that video and I knew your plan. And I was like. <laughs> God bless him. God bless him for getting up at two in the morning and getting this done. I, here's the thing. It, it's a, it's primarily a function of, uh, you know, like my wife and I are both working from home and, and we have our, our son who's under two. And it's like, yeah. there's just, and Steph is exceedingly, you know, accommodating and supportive. But for me to be like, hey, I need four hours during the day to watch this. It's <laughs> like, that's pushing it a little bit. And um you know, and I didn't want to wait. Like, I didn't want to wait until the next night. Like, I just, I had to watch it. Uh, yeah. You know, so what's weird, though, is that normally, as you know, I'm up super late. So this was actually weird for me. I didn't know if I was up early or or, <laughs> or, or up late. Oh, like, yeah, it was yeah. really, the lines really blurred on that. Um, but anyway, that was my experience. It was, it was really, it was really something special. What was it like? For, so you had to wait a few days. And then, so you yeah, and your so, fiance watched it today? Yeah, so I was assuming that like because i i'm to dial it back i i've always wanted to see the snyder cut but i was never like banging the drum hard for it mainly because i i didn't think it existed in a finished state like like i knew like it existed but i knew that i assumed it had and rightly so tons of cg had to be done and like it would have been really expensive to get finished and i just never foresaw a world in which wb would like release it you know what i mean so so I had always wanted to see it, but I was never like frothing at the mouth kind of thing, right? And even even once it was announced, I was like, oh yeah, it'll be fun to see. But I, I kind of like moved on, you know, from the Snyderverse and everything. Cause it was just like, yeah, I like those movies, but yeah, it'll be fun to see when it comes out. Cut to like this past week. And like, I don't know if you listen to Rob Liefeld's podcast, but he did an episode about it and he was like hyping it big time. He was like, this movie's so, cause he saw it a little bit early and he was just hyped. Like this movie's great. It's amazing. And I'm like, Oh man, I'm getting excited now. And then like I told you that I'm I was like more excited to talk to you with you about than actually watch the movie. But like this week I started getting like really pumped for it. And then I saw your video and then I was like, oh man, I can't wait. And then like I just the, the anticipation, like it felt like Christmas morning kind of thing, right? And then I just had so much work to do this week that we couldn't line it up. And like on Friday night, I thought maybe we might be able to watch it, but then like work kind of pushed it back and then Saturday got all shot down. So every day, like I thought I was going to be able to watch it. I didn't. And then, so it just kind of came till today, which was our original plan. But dude, I was like 
amped. Like this morning, I woke up so friggin' early because I was like, just couldn't wait. Like I got up at like seven in the morning, like without an alarm or anything, you know, just kind of just like, ah, I can't wait. Like, so Sunday morning, everyone just like, you know, <laughs> like don't usually wake up that early. Um, but like, yeah, dude, I'm, we, we, uh, we started watching out like in the afternoon-ish, like after lunch and made a bunch of popcorn, try to replicate the movie theater experience as much as possible. And I will say that I don't think it felt long watching it, but like whenever I'd get up to go to the bathroom or like get up to stretch, like my body could tell it was like a long movie. You know what I mean? Like, so when you're done and you're like achy and everything, when you stand up from sitting so long, like it did feel that way, but like actually in the narrative of it, like it went by really quick. So it was, yeah, it was paced super well. So well. <laughs> and what did Laura think? She loved it. Yeah. yeah. She really liked it. Yeah. She was kind of, she was pretty much in the same boat as me. Like, like, looking forward to it but not like over the moon like like banging the drum online and stuff you know just kind of like oh yeah it'll be cool to watch when it comes out um and she loves wonder woman so she like loved how wonder woman was portrayed in this like so it was yeah dude every character every single one was done dirty by the theatrical cut like every single one was like elevated so much in this one yeah for sure and Uh, just picking up on one thing that you said. No, I know that you were skeptical about this. I have the text exchanges where mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, I, th- I think we're going to get the Snyder cut. And you're like, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't think so. I was like, yeah, well, I just, I just didn't see it. Like, I mean, this is before the HBO max thing and the and pandemic kind of hit, you know? So this is like, I think all that kind of facilitated them seeing the need to dump money into like finishing it, you know? Um, but I, I, I was just thinking like, it would basically like be like them being like, Oh, we, we messed up and here's like the better, the better version. And I'm, I'm so grateful and thankful that they did it. Cause this movie is so good. And this like, to me should be the, the justice league that going forward in time, like this is what I'm going to show my kids, you know, yep. when we, when we watch these movies, like, yeah, I'm not even going to touch the theatrical one. You know, a few months ago, you and I, um, and you had mentioned this, you know, you and I podcasted about. Uh, Snyder's work. We talked about Man of Steel and BVS. And then we did a Patreon bonus episode on Justice League. And I said it then, and it's confirmed now. That's the last time I watched that movie ever. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And, totally. I, and I know Snyder has said in interviews, like, you know, WB has told him, like, they still consider Justice League canon. Um, and this is like a little Elseworlds thing. And it's like, you know, whatever. The movie is what it is. But it's like, really? I, there were so many things watching this where it's like, why would you think we wouldn't want this? Like, yeah, <laughs> Dark Side, like Dark Side in all his glory on screen, and it's like, what, wh- like, why? <laughs> I, dude, it was amazing, dude. Steppenwolf, okay, talking about the character, like he was one of the characters who was wildly underserved by the <laughs> the, the theatrical version. Yeah. He was so cool in this, like he looked. Cool. I remember we were talking that because he was a CG character in the in the theatrical cut, you thought he looked too video gamey. In this, he didn't, he looked good. Yeah, like he looked cool. He and, and not only did he look cool, but like he had like goals and motivations and personality and like drive and like objectives and like like believable like not not human but like believable being emotion to like drive the character of why he's doing what he's doing. He just wasn't some like faceless guy being like for darkness and like <laughs> just killing people for no reason. Like it was like. There, it explained like how he was like like dark side servant he was exiled and like trying to get back in his good great like all that was so well done and he looked so cool the armor like was all just the armor was always kind of like like flickering like it was alive like that was such a cool touch you know 
so that's a perfect place to to really start with the Steppenwolf. And this is a beautiful example of exactly what I was saying before. Like, you know, Steppenwolf's not better because the movie's longer and he has more scenes. Like he's better because he went from a paper thin one dimensional plot device mm-hmm. to to a fully fleshed out character who, you know, when I watched the theatrical cut, like every time this guy was on screen, it's like, oh, my God, what, you know, like when are we getting back to the Justice League? In this version, it's like, man, I was on board with Steppenwolf. Like, exactly like you said, I mean, the design was so much more menacing. He was brutal. I think this was an instance where, like, the R rating worked. Because when he's tearing through, like, Themyscira and Atlantis, it's like, whoa, okay. Like, you really... Blood splurting everywhere, yeah. You need that. Like, it really sold, like, this guy is a threat. And, yeah, the fact that he's not just going on about mother and, the like, all that stuff. It's like, no, like, he he was trying to redeem himself in the eyes of Darkseid. And, like, there was tension there. It was like... And Desaad, dude, his interactions with Desaad, great. Yeah. Like, all of that added so much. And, like, the stuff with Desaad and Darkseid, like... It wasn't like a ton of screen time either. It like they were maybe on screen, like all of them, like Grant, like aside from Steppenwolf, the rest of the the fourth world characters, maybe on screen for like eight minutes, maybe if that, right? But like they hit and resonated emotionally so well that like it just added this like weight to the movie that like why anyone thought that was a good idea to cut that out like makes no sense. Like, so what I what I think happened is that. Um... And, you know, it's been it's pretty clear now, right, from watching this movie and everything Snyder has said in interviews, right, has planned to, you know, obviously Darkseid would would continue to be the threat moving forward in the next two movies and we would move into the nightmare world and all that stuff. And so I think when Warner Brothers decided, like, we're not sticking with Snyder's vision, I think they just wanted to kind of like close all of that off and and. And in so doing, they were like, okay, we'll still cut all the dark side stuff. Steppenwolf is the villain and just kind of leave it at that. And then at the end of Justice League, they tease Injustice League, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was the motivation. But, like, it's, again, a, a baffling choice. Um, and it was great to see Darkseid, uh, you know, in there. It was, it, I mean, it was, it was amazing. But, yeah, Steppenwolf, uh, like, I was, I couldn't, I was so surprised at how, much this version of the movie like completely changed my perspective on him as the villain mm-hmm. totally yeah it, it was it's nuts like can we yeah, also he, can, he we, was can we talk about the music oh dude oh my god the music <laughs> the music in this was amazing is junkie xl right tom what's, yeah. his, what's his real name tom holkenberg yeah or some is that it right yeah yeah i, I always know him as junkie xl but i noticed he wasn't credited as that in this he was credited by his like real name so yeah but dude so much better dude, perfect example of how like i mean dude anytime that superman was on screen I'm, I'm sure we'll go character by character but just like using that like hans zimmer score for superman dude that is the best superman music i think it's better than the the john williams score i honestly it's i feel like it it uh it has more weight to it and like it felt truly mythic and stuff like when mm-hmm. Superman showed up when they're using that. And another part that really stood out to me was that in the theatrical one, the Justice League, as you've been calling it, um, <laughs> or as the internet's been calling it, um, the first scene with Wonder Woman where she's fighting the terrorists, right? In the Justice League version, I thought that was a Joss like shot be- because of mm-hmm. the score and the lighting. And, and like the color correction that they did on it, right? 
in this version, by changing the color correction and then changing the score, that scene felt so badass and like important and mythic and like the pacing, like, dude, the, yeah, the music elevated it so much. Like, well, what are your thoughts on the music? I agree. And it's funny because uh, you and I are hundred percent on the same page. That's the exact scene I was going to mention. I think if you want to compare, I mean, and there are so many instances of this in the movie, but I think if you wanted to pick one, especially one that's early on in the movie that so clearly illustrates the, the difference that music can make. You put that London hostage scene side by side, the two music uh, scores, night and day. Because you watch mm -hmm. the with the Danny Elfman score in the theatrical cut, it's like, I, I don't know, it's it's very light and it's... Uh, I, Circus music, kind of. Almost, like, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, exactly. And then you watch this and it's ominous and it's foreboding and it, it creates an atmosphere of tension. And it's mm -hmm. just like, what a difference. So, I mean, the music, I was just gorgeous. I was so happy that uh, he was able to come back and this guy banged out four hours of music. I mean, you know, it's like, it was very, yeah. it was really impressive. And um, yeah, so that, I, I mean, I, I, I really, really loved. And, you know, to your point, it's true. It's like even footage of Snyder's that made it into the theatrical cut, like, I think there was very little that was left alone like even if it was the color mm -hmm. correction or you know like throwing little lines in here and there it's like there was very little that we got to see in its you know pure form until now oh no, no there was none of it I, I mean i was looking really hard when i was watching it and very i, I think whether it be the color correction the music or like chop like they would chop up the editing and like insert like like a joke or something like there was so much of that throughout this the joss version where in this version the whole thing just felt so much more serious. And dude, every time Wonder Woman's, we would talk about the Man of Steel theme, but Wonder Woman's theme too, like that, like, 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 like it would yeah. start with like a low hum and then kind of kick into that, -na 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 -na, you know, oh dude, so good, so yeah. good. And the voices, the, the like the, the singing in her, um, I'm not describing it well, but you like the, but the voices that you yeah. hear during her theme, it's like, you know, that riff, you know, that classic now iconic Wonder Woman riff, like, you know, wonderful, mm -hmm. no pun intended, but, um, but like to add that other layer to it, I mean, really gave her a distinct theme, uh, in this, uh, it made every time she show up seem like tough and epic. Like when she was fighting those bank robbers, right? Like she had a whole prolonged scene where she was using the, the, the gauntlets to like, like in the, in the theatrical one, it was just that just when he used the machine gun, but that was like the end of this, like huge fight scene that she had you know like it was sick dude it was and all the slow motion and like all like the, the dodging and like like yeah it was great so good yeah on on that note though of the like the jokes that were added in you know one one example that really stood out to me was the recruitment scene between uh bruce and and uh and arthur where mm -hmm. um after they leave the tavern right and they're walking along the water there and um you know, uh, Aquaman has that line about a strong man, a strongest alone. And of course, in the mm -hmm. theatrical cut, then we get Batman quipping like that. That's not the that's not the saying. That's the opposite of the saying. Right. But in this yeah. version, it's like he starts talking about Superman and, you know, the fact that Superman died by his side. And it's just like this completely different weight to it. Mm -hmm. you know? Or dude, even even the scene when he's in the bar talking to Aquaman and he goes, Arthur Curry, I hear you can talk to fish. Like that was in the, th that was not, everything felt like that was not in this justice. That was not in the Zach version. Like Zach version, everything. That's what I'm saying. Like there was no scene that was like unmessed with. Like it was like they yeah. either did like weird little inserts like that or like it just didn't have the same weight and gravity to it, you know?
Yeah. And even just the aspect ratio. I mean, if you really want to get technical, literally everything, like there's nothing that was the same because he went with this. And I know people complained about that, uh, but I was fine with the, with this, you know, the square aspect ratio because it really gave like such a, uh, you know, a a wider, and I know he designed it more for like IMAX when it's on that like really tall screen. Um, But I thought it worked well. And and I don't know, like on a, you know, uh, like on a large enough flat screen TV, it's like, yeah, all right, you have the bars on the side, but it's not, I don't know. Yeah. I know people were like upset about that, but I, I don't know. I thought it was cool and it, it worked well. And that's, you know, yeah, what? it's I, like, that's how he wanted to present his movie. It's like, I, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> part of me is like, get yeah, like, get over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start watching it, you don't notice anyway. You just kind of like get sucked into it. it you put know? that right. Like it pulls you in. I mean, Bruce doesn't wear the costume until the two hour mark. I checked. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Dude, Flash doesn't show up until like an hour and a half into the movie. Like crazy. Like they don't even show him until an hour and a half. It's nuts. Like how how like prolo- and Superman's probably three hours maybe until he shows up. Well, yeah. I mean, he has the first scene. He has the very first scene with the scream. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Which we can talk. I remember we were talking about right. The, yeah, about the scream. And I and when you were describing it to me, I I said that sounds really stupid. But like in the movie, because because the way you described it to me, it was like his scream would like echo across the universe. But that's not what happened. It, it echoed across the planet and right. that ignited the the mother box. So I was totally down with it. I was I was so like down. I was like, this is good. This this makes sense. It works. It explains why like they never came back like before Superman was there, like in like the forties or whatever, right. you know what I mean? Like it explains why the mother boxes were never activated. It was really well thought out and really well done. Look, I was working on limited information. I didn't, I didn't have all yeah. the details. I just, <laughs> I, again, and I don't even know where, if this was speculation or, you know, from someone who posted online, having seen some of his original footage, I don't even know at this point, but, um, but yeah, that idea of, uh, I think the thing that had stood out to me that I liked about it, and, and I think it worked really well in this, is just like Batman v Superman showed us, you know, uh, the the battle for Metropolis from Man of Steel, but now from a different perspective, we got a similar thing here where we see Superman's death, but now the effect that it has um, in waking up the mother boxes. And, and yes, I agree, waking up the mother boxes on planet Earth rather than reverberating across the universe makes more sense. Uh, yeah. Again, I, I didn't know exactly what... <laughs> what the yeah. how it would play out but uh but yeah I, I thought that was so great but yeah like there you know there was just so much going on and so many characters to serve and i and i think he served them all so well you know all of the character arcs were so fully realized and you're right mm-hmm. there's no one who wasn't done dirty do, by the theatrical do you, want, do, you, do you want to run down all of them like character by character sure i let me just say this you though just like a, a a global thing um because i don't want to forget what really stood out to me about this, uh, watching this version of the movie, and, and it was, you know, the movie overall was epic and it was emotional. And, and the thing that really stood out to me that was so clear in this version was, you know, th- this theme of parents and children and and loss. And, you know, you see how it plays out in so many circumstances in the parallels. Like, you know, Barry and his father, there's a physical distance between them. They have a great relationship, but they're like literally divided versus, you know, Victor and his father who, you know, are in the same room together, but there's that emotional space between them. And, um, you know, you see so many instances of this theme of, of parents and children. And, and I have to imagine, you know, it, it for Snyder in particular, you know, after everything that he went through losing, you know, his daughter, I think that, um, you know, that just hits in a in an even more profound way. But um, that theme to me just was so much clearer in this. And everyone's arc 
uh, again, just had so much more weight and landed, I thought, in a really impactful way. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to go through. Uh, where, do you want, should we talk about Superman first or do you want to save him? Do you want to save him for the end or do you want to start, start with him? I'll, I'll leave that up to you. It's, All right. your show. it's your a show. Superman show, so let, maybe we should talk about Superman. Okay, let's, let's kick off with Superman. Okay, sounds good. Okay. I did text you. Uh, I, the, I, and I was like, listen, this is not a spoiler, but I just want you to know, like, it's not, he doesn't have a ton more screen time, but what we get mm -hmm. is a lot better. Cause that was, if I had one disappointment, I, I, and this was my own expectation. I, for whatever reason, I thought like we would get a, a little bit more with Clark and that wasn't the case. But again, what we did get was a lot stronger. And this is really a testament to the movie that I was so invested in the other characters that ultimately, you know, that was not a major disappointment. And I recognize he had a specific role to fill. This was not Man of Steel 2, you know, mm -hmm. I would I, yeah. I would have loved that. But this wasn't mm -hmm. Man of Steel 2. And I, I appreciated that. And there were a lot of other characters to serve and he had a specific role to fill. So um, again, that was, that that took me a second. And especially as the, as the hours were, <laughs> we're, uh, we're, 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 uh, you know, moving along there. I was like, oh, okay, like we're probably not going to get that much more with him. Um, but yeah, what was, uh, what was your take on Superman in this? Okay, dude, I friggin' love Henry Cavill as Superman. I, I really hope he gets another movie, either another Justice League movie or another Superman solo movie, any more with him. He was so good in this. And again, his, like we were saying about everything else, his whole arc felt like there was so much more weight and realism and importance to it. And it wasn't corny at all. And dude, the black suit, so rad. Like that black suit looks so good on screen. Like I, man, dude, when they're all staying together and he's in that black suit with the silver S dude, I was like, this is, this is money. Like, this is such a good, like, I wish we could get another, another movie with like that black suit, be having like another prolonged, like part in it, like looked awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what were you gonna say? Well, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever seen a more badass Superman action scene on screen than that when he when he enters the fight against Steppenwolf? Dude, when he when he when he blocks the the axe, dude, I I audibly cheered. I was like, yes. <laughs> that was oh, so, so that's what good. I that's what I wanted to say, and I wanted to talk to you about this. Okay, so. As we discussed previously with Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, like I, I found both of those movies, but especially Man of Steel, like really emotional, especially when when I rewatched them for our podcast. And so coming into this, I guess I was um, uh, I guess I was expecting for there to be, uh, you know, like really emotionally resonant scenes with with Clark that like that really moved me. And there were mm -hmm. there were a couple of things, but. If you had told me that my favorite Superman part in this movie would be the action scene, I would have been like, mm, I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, but I was so blown away when he shows up and, so good. and blocks the, uh, the ax and just looks over, not impressed and yeah. freezes it with, doesn't even exert any effort to just let out that little bit of super breath and kicks, he kicks Steppenwolf. He, 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 does, he, does, he does like like a karate kick. Yeah, he does, he, it's not, yeah. Dude, and I love how when he uh, blocked the ax, it wasn't even like he like caught it. It was like, he just kind of like stood there and he like, he let it hit his shoulder. It was like, boom, and he's just like standing there like nonchalantly like, dude, so good. And in the black suit, dude, it was yeah. money. Like it was so good. And it's like, you know, what I, it's, oh my God, so many things I loved about it. But like in the theatrical cut, 
he obviously he helps turn the tide in the battle against Steppenwolf, but he still gets knocked around a lot. Right. What I loved about this was it's like, no, like he showed up and he didn't let up and he beat the shit out of Steppenwolf. No, no, yeah. And it was like, it was like he was kicking the shit out and he like got him on the ground and like kept punching him and then like lit up the eyes and his heat vision down and cut the horn, cut his ear horn off. Like that was so sick. Like, dude, it was awesome. It was like everything I wanted in the Superman movie. I mean, I know I've said that about Man of Steel, but like this was like in an ensemble cast. It was so dope. Dude, in the theatrical cut, he says some corny shit. Like when he first shows up and he's like, I like truth, but also justice. Like any, and, and when he, him and cyborg separate the boxes in the theatrical version, he's like, I wish I was dead. Remember like when he was like talking about the Uh back, so much like corny shit. They had him saying that in this, there was none of that. He came off as like cool, in control, badass, confident, all that stuff you want Superman to be. Like, it was great. Like, and it just felt like cool. Like, everything about him just like oozed cool, you know? Exactly. And, you know, in the theater, and I, you know, I mean, again, I, I think you can't help but compare the two. It's like when he shows up in the theatrical cut, yes, he has that corny line about truth and justice. And Danny Elfman works in, you know, some notes of the John Williams score. And it just to me represents just a step backwards. Right. Mm, yeah. Whereas with this, he shows up in the black costume as badass as you've ever seen him with that junkie yeah. XL score. And it's like, whoa, yeah. like this. And, is what and, you and, see. And, and, yeah. Yeah. And that when he started kicking the shit out of Steppenwolf, that's when the, they threw in the Man of Steel, like the, the, the Hans Zimmer, like undertones in there, too. You know, oh, dude, it was so good. It yeah. was great. And it's like, you know, the scene before when he shows up at, um, you know, where, where Alfred is working and, you know, he lands and it's just a short scene. But, you know, he's so. He's, he's calm and there's a little smile there. So it's like you get that side of him too. And then you get the warrior. And it's like, I just feel like it's such a perfect balance. And it's like, you want to see those different sides of the character. It's like, you know, again, I know people don't like the, you know, uh, angrier or dour Superman. And I genuinely don't think that's what Snyder gave us in the other movies. Although I know people feel otherwise, but it's like, you look at it here and it's like, oh, you get to see all the sides of this character. And it's like, yeah. Don't get on his bad side because he'll kick the crap out of you. Like literally he's Superman. Yeah. He's Superman. Like, literally. I, like I just, oh man, I was, I, I, I love that scene. I just, I loved it so much. Also Henry Cavill made me like really want to like start lifting like heavier weights too. <laughs> like he's insane looking dude. His oh. back is like insane looking. Like it's crazy. That's why look. When we talked about Superman and Lois, the TV show, and this is not to knock Tyler Hecklin, right? But it's like you look at the two, and it's like, you know, <laughs> Henry Cavill I, I, is quite Hecklin's the still specimen. In good shape. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. No, but he's like, yeah, Henry Cavill is like, I don't know if he still looks like that, but for that movie, dude, he looked insane. Like, yeah. So, um, so as far as the you know the Superman of it all, I, I definitely noticed we got more references to Superman um, throughout the movie that you didn't have previously, and I thought that was nice. Um, I will say I was a little surprised, a little disappointed if there was one thing I, I, I thought Lois was going to have a little more to do in this version of the movie. So I don't love Amy Adams as Lois and like I wasn't perturbed at all that she wasn't because I, I just I, I don't think she like I like the one on the Superman and Lois a lot more than oh. the, the actress on Superman and Lois. Um, I just. She, I don't know. I feel like she doesn't have a lot of good chemistry or something. Like, I don't know what's going on there, but like, I mean, maybe it's just because they don't give her a lot of great stuff to do. I don't know. But yeah. um, I wasn't that like miffed by it because I thought what she did was really important for Superman. Like, 
for the for the like narrative of him coming back and like she's not one of the superheroes so like i'd rather that time beyond like you know wonder woman or right. aquaman or cyborg or whatever so um but yeah it, it wasn't like i wasn't that missed by it but yeah. And I, you know, in fairness, I think this kind of goes to what I was saying before, where it's like, again, it was, it was a little hard for me to not want this to be a Superman movie. You know what I mean? But it's like, yeah, yes, when I recognize yeah. that just like Clark, she's, you know, she has a different role to fulfill in this, you know? And, and, and so that's fine. And I mean, she's pregnant, you know? Yeah. Okay, I, mean, yeah, <laughs> I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. They, Cause they lingered on that pregnancy test. And I was like, are they implying that she's pregnant? Like, yeah. So that's crazy. Oh, dude, the scene with her and um, Martha and Martha, their their reuniting scene, way better in this one too. You know what I mean? Instead of being at the Daily Planet when she calls her thirsty. thirsty. I know. Yeah, but I will say. Okay. Yeah, go. No, but like going back to the pregnancy thing, like, do you think that the plan was for him to have a kid going forward? So, um, so yes. So Snyder's talked about this in interviews, and so his plan was that, um, well. I mean, I guess how much have you followed of, of what he shared about his plans? Okay. Absolutely nothing. So <laughs> I don't know how you're going to feel about this. The original plan that he moved away from because the studio, I think, really pushed back. This never made it to filming. But the earliest, earliest plan that he had, and I'll be honest, this is one one rare instance where I'm actually kind of grateful for studio interference, is that his plan was for Lois and Bruce uh, to have a romantic relationship while Clark is dead. And for uh, Bruce to father her child in the future. So, I, I mean, I think for Bruce, it would actually would have, I mean, I, and for both of them, or actually for all of them, I mean, it would have been interesting and caused a lot of drama, but I, I'm ultimately glad they didn't go in that direction. But so, so he pivoted to this where, uh, you know, yes, the intent was that she, she is pregnant. And then, um, she's pregnant with Superman with Superman yeah. with Clark. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, the whole Bruce relationship, that was just never, that was just completely abandoned. But so Snyder's plan was that, um, in the next movie, in his next Justice League movie, Darkseid kills the pregnant Lois because Bruce is unable to protect her. Um, so that's why Clark hates Bruce so much in those nightmare sequences. And in in despair over Lois's death, Clark succumbs to the anti-life equation and falls under Darkseid's. And you see that, right, in those flashes um, of yeah. the future that we get a couple of those throughout the movie. So that would have been the next movie that Lois is killed. Clark succumbs to anti-life. Uh, we enter this nightmare world. And then I guess in that second movie or at the beginning of the third movie, uh, Barry goes back in time and they're able to save Lois. And then in the final justice league movie, the culmination of Snyder's five movie arc, um, it would basically be like the return of the age of heroes that we got in the the history lesson in this movie where, you know, just like in the past, like all the armies of the world came together. It would be a similar thing here in this final movie where you'd have Atlantis and Themyscira and the United States military and the Green Lantern Corps and the Justice League, like everyone fighting back against Darkseid. That was that was his overall vision. And uh, Bruce would sacrifice himself. And this is kind of out there, but Lois and Clark's kid would become the next Batman in the future. That was Snyder's master arc. That sounds awesome. Right. Like- I think that I think that sounds friggin' awesome, and I hope that this movie does well enough for HBO Max that HBO Max is like, we're paying you to do to, to finish this out because like that sounds fantastic, and like that's what I want to see. And you know what? I think we're gonna see. I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and I think we're gonna see maybe not, you know, uh, all of that, all of that fully realized. 
But I would be surprised if this is the end of the road for the Snyderverse. I'd be really surprised because, uh, and again, like I know, you know, you're, you're on Twitter. This movie's been trending for days. Day, like stuff doesn't trend that long. I mean, it's just like, yeah. it's not letting up. And I think the response has been really strong and the traffic's been high. And I mean, well, I guess ultimately what'll be the deciding factor is like how many new people signed up for HBO Max. I think that's like the main metric, um, that mm. they, which is understandable, right? They want to grow their streaming platform, yeah. but like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm one of them. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. This morning, yeah. There you go. I mean, look, I was always, I was always going to, you know, but, but this, this definitely, uh, you know, was, was, was an added, you know, was an added benefit, but like, you know, in success, anything is possible. And so it's like, if they have this monster hit on their hands and they have an opportunity to make money, it's like, I mean, unless someone, there's like a personal grudge, you know, someone like hates Snyder so much that they're like, no, it's like, why would he he might not, he might not, he might not want to do it either. That's the other thing. He might just be like, I'm done kind of thing. That could be, maybe, you know, maybe. Can I, uh, so this was one of the other criticisms that I saw people uh, posting about that, uh, that he didn't wrap everything up. Now, some people were saying, oh, he ends it on a cliffhanger. I don't really consider it a cliffhanger. It's like, there are threads to be continued, right? Yeah. But to me, it's like, no, that's badass. It's like he's ending this the way yeah. he originally wanted to. I agree. You know? I, I agree. Like yeah. It. And it, it, it wasn't a true cliffhanger either because, like, they, they do, but like it was like set up for, you know, the next sequels. I mean, we can get into that more toward the end, but I want to keep running yes. through the characters because, like, um, like who, who's the next character? Cyborg? I mean, he's the one who, like, most notably got a huge upgrade from this movie. Like, right? Like, yeah. Completely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, you know, I know Ray Fisher has been, you know, extremely vocal about, you know, the, the mistreatment that he's alleged. And if even aside from that, just creatively, it's like, yeah, you get why this guy was upset. I mean, his, I mean, I think him more, I think he was done the worst out of, yeah. out of everyone. Yeah. 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 Um, For sure. What'd yeah. you think of, what'd you think of his stuff in this? Oh, he was awesome. Yeah. Dude, seeing him as like, just like the football player, but then also as like a tech nerd, like putting that in there too, that he was like, like a hacker, like he like hacked to get his friend's grades up. Remember in the, like, so it it alleged that he was like also like into like the tech world before, like he was like interfaced with the machines. Great. And like his whole, like the the whole story with his dad and like how his dad sacrifices himself to save like everyone like dude he's so good like and he, all the stuff with his mom too because you, you really get like why he's mad at his dad because like his mom got killed like dude such a, so much weight was put into it and he really brought it like in terms of like acting and stuff like he really like sold it so he did a great job like and he had no corny jokes or anything all the corny crap with him that was in the 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 theatrical version wasn't there like it was just it was solid man. Totally solid. Yeah. No, I know. Getting to see that backstory, getting to see him on the football field, uh, you know, getting more of the family dynamic, the tension with his father. I also thought visually, um, and I wanted, there are a few, there are a few visual aspects of this that I'm especially curious to get your take on, but I thought the way that they represented his powers, like when mm-hmm. he's entering the digital world, I thought that was so cool. That was really cool. Yeah. How, cause he's like seeing, like, he's like stepping into it and like, like seeing like a physical manifestation, like the money that like in that woman's bank account, he like pulls it up. Like he like does yeah. like the like, to pull it up to make more money. Such a cool, like visual representation of that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, really strong. And you know, 
again, just getting to the end of the movie and, uh, you know, when he enters the the unity, right, to separate the mother boxes and he, you know, they take the form of, of himself and his parents and, and you know, just that, that moment where he where they say, you know, you, you don't have to be broken, you don't have to be alone. And he's like, I'm not broken and I'm not alone. Like, it was such a strong moment for the character. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that was one instance night and day. And, I mean, his father dies in this cut. I mean, there's, like, so much mm-hmm. stuff. And we get all that stuff yeah. with Ryan Choi, who was, yeah, you know, like... Dude, yeah, yeah, no, his... Wow. He was definitely done the most dirty because he, in the theatrical version, he's like, he's like a cipher of a character, right? Like he's like almost not even like a main character. He's just kind of like the tech guy, you know. Right. In this one, he like, he's like a very cool, like brooding, standoffish character that like learns to accept like friends and teamwork by the end of it. And like you said, like he's I'm not alone. I'm not broken. Like that was it was super powerful. I teared up a little bit when I was watching it. Like it was such a good like representation of that character arc that or uh, archetype. Yeah. Sorry. Character archetype. And like, yeah, dude, it was done so well. Like, and visually, like just the fact that his helmet, like the, he's got the helmet here, the rockets, like all that stuff that wasn't in the theatrical cut, like just yeah. the fact he can fly. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's awesome. Um, let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll continue. And I think I, I want to talk about flash next. Cause I know he was a character. Yes. Yeah. All right. I, I know I've been dying to get your thoughts on flash. So let's take just a quick commercial break and then, uh, we will, we'll continue with our character breakdown. I also have, there are a few more Superman things, but I think that's good. Cause we can kind of circle back to Superman, uh, and, and talk about Sounds him good. again. So, uh, yeah, so we will be right back. Movie lovers should check out this family of film festivals, the Brightside Tavern film festival in Jersey city, the Hang On To Your Shorts Film Festival in Asbury Park, and the Point Lookout Film Festival on Long Island. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Also, be sure to listen to the podcasts hosted by the festival's organizer, C.J. Cullen. You can find the official Hang On To Your Shorts podcast, as well as the Cullen On Film podcast, via a shared universe network. The Hive Comics and Games is an oasis of nerd fun and events in the heart of Odessa, Texas. Whether it's comic book superhero stories or role-playing in a dungeon, The Hive is where to be. Come tap your mana and face off against the top Magic the Gathering players in West Texas. Hive carries a majority of new comic titles each Wednesday and has all of your favorite titles in their back issue section. Follow them on Facebook at The Hive Comics and on Instagram at The Hive Comic Shop. All right, and we're back. All right, man, talk to me about Barry Allen. Okay, dude, so next to Cyborg, he was the character done the most dirty. Like, Cyborg was first, He like because they just, like, <laughs> cropped out, like, whole storyline for him. But but Flash, like, they just stripped, changed his personality in the theatrical cut. Like, dude, this version of him, he's still, like, funny, but he doesn't, like, he's not ineffectual, and he's not, uh, like, like, like scared of his own shadow and like, you know, and, and he's not, um, he like, he's competent in this one. He's like a competent yeah. hero already, you know? And like, dude, like the fact, I'm so happy that that scene where he's like, you're all excited to do battle, but I've never done battle. I just kind of push people and run away. And Batman's like, just, I'm so glad that wasn't in this. Like he was like from the get go, he was like, Oh yeah, yeah we got to fight these guys. That's the bad guy. Like it, it was like, so, much of a different type like he wasn't like the 
like the hey kid sidekick who's in over your head like that wasn't him at all like and i'm so happy that they changed that yeah yeah i'm with you and i'm so good I basically had the same thought, like, you know, what I thought was, I thought Snyder walked a great line with him because he was still a source of comic relief, but in a, in a more organic way and without sacrificing the character, right? Cause I had the same mm-hmm. thought. It's like, you know, yeah, he's still like quirky, right? And he's, you know, <laughs> and, and there's still some humor from that, but at the same time, like he is, I had the exact same thought that he's still competent. Like you see the scientific mind, like always mm-hmm. at work, you know, it, it's not that, that doubt uh, that we saw um, well, in the, in yeah. the cut. Like in, when they're sitting, when they're in the bat cave or the, the Bruce Wayne's like hanger and they're in cyborg puts that like little thing that like the, the hologram of Superman, they're discussing how to bring him back to life. In the theatrical version, Flash is like, oh, I don't know if we can do this. Can we do this? Oh, that's a bad idea. Oh, like that. But in this, he was actually like the one facilitating the science behind how it would work. And like, oh, well, we could try this and we could try it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he, like, he was much smarter and much more competent. And like physically as a superhero, he like actually fought people and like saved people. Like, dude, the iris scene at the beginning was great. Like, yeah. wasn't that awesome? Like... Cause like it, and it also added more to like his character too. Cause you saw him as a normal person, like interacting, like trying to get a job. Like that was humorous, but it wasn't like stupid, you know, it was like, it added like character depth, you know? Yeah. I thought visually that was great, I, man. The thing with the hot dog really just made me laugh when he's saving her and he, like, he grabs the hot dog. I don't know. Um, and it was great. I, I thought he was grabbing the hot dog because he was like burning calories, like because he was like hungry. But then like the, <clears> then like they end the joke with him like giving the dogs the hot, and he's like, yeah. He's like oh yeah, I just always carry on food, you know, in case the crazy happens." Like, yeah, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I really thought he was going to eat it. I, I really, I really yeah. thought that's where they were going with that. But it was such a cool scene visually. I agree that it was because otherwise it's like you only see him with his dad, you know, visiting his dad in prison, and then in the context of the Justice League. So I think to see him in mm-hmm. one other situation you know, was, yeah. was helpful. Um, it was great to see Iris. I mean, it would have been nice if she spoke had a little more, more, had more, lines, yeah. more lines and more of interaction, but I'm glad she was at least in there. It's like, that's yeah. the thing. It's like Ryan Choi and Iris West and, and like characters just gone, mm-hmm. you know? I liked how like when he like turned to save her, his shoes like ripped apart. I thought yeah. that was like a cool, like cool, like little visual thing there. Yeah, for sure. That was awesome. Yeah. yeah and I thought she was great as Iris. Like I thought I'm, I'm excited to, see her play iris in the movie the flash movie if it ever ever comes about you know <laughs> but yeah dude it was great there was something else with flash that um oh dude, the fact that he like basically saves the day at the end by like going back in time dude so good that's a good use of the time travel as opposed to like spinning around the world like, yes i love that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like he just reverses yeah perfect like that works yeah like you know I thought yeah. that was, I thought it, that was it's, it's only a couple seconds. It's only a yes. couple seconds. It's not like he like erased like, you know, days. <laughs> like it was like, he went back like a few seconds and like, and dude, when he was going back in time and you saw Superman, like, cause I didn't realize what was happening at first. But then when you see him running back in time, you see Superman, like reattach and like the blood come together and the bones start coming together, mm-hmm. and the skin. Re- and you realize like, Oh shit, these people all like, blew apart and like and you see like superman kind of reform and then like it goes back and you see cyborg start to reform it's like oh shit like everything like just like got nuked and he's like changing it back that was cool yeah yeah that was that was a really cool moment visually um you know and, and emotionally you know his line about uh 
what is the exact line? What does he say? Like your your make your own past, make your own future. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, it's all now. It's all right now. Right. Isn't that it? Yeah. Yeah. He says, he says something about like his dad too. He's like, dad, I want you to know your son was like one of these guys. Like that got me. That that was like super emotional. That got me. Cause yeah, I know. And that's the thing, like just as far as tying all of this stuff back together. Cause it's like, yeah, you have that moment with his dad at the beginning and he's like, like, you're brilliant, man. He's like, you're the best of the best. And it's like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I, I'd forgotten about that. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, when he has that moment where he's like, you know, your, your son was, oh man. And it's like, that's the thing. Like they all had their part to play and they all had such a key role in that, you know, mm-hmm. Superman, that was clutch when he showed up and, yeah. uh, and, you know, Cyborg pulling apart the, the mother boxes and Flash, you know, rewinding time. Oh, uh, I, I mean, it, it, it does suck that we didn't get him pushing that truck and then speaking like German or Russian to that like family. Like it, it sucks. We had to sacrifice that. But like, I'm just I know. kidding. I'm just kidding. I know. That scene was horrible. I'm so glad that wasn't in there. I know. Oh, you know, once again, it's like, why, <laughs> why the studio thought, you know, we would be more invested in this subplot with a random Russian family, like in the middle of this battle, yeah. as opposed to any of the stuff that got cut is... I, I'll never be able to to wrap my head around. Mind boggling. Yeah. Yeah. Mind boggling. Dude. Yeah. And like that joke where Superman's carrying the building and Flash is like running next. To it. It's like, yeah. I'm so glad none of that crap was in there. Like. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I thought. Oh, but yeah. Oh, Go ahead. One, one other thing about Flash. The first time we talked about the theatrical cut way back when, the scene where they revive Superman, mm-hmm. you said to me, you were like. Why did they say that he had to hit the lake? So, so what happens is they're dropping this box, this mother box, into like this like liquid that Superman's the dead Superman body's in, in to revive him, right? And they're using the mother box's engine, and they the, the ship's power source isn't strong enough, so Flash has to charge it with his lightning, right? And in the theatrical cut, they said that now Barry. You have to make sure that to make this work, you have to hit the lightning to touch the box the moment it hits the water, right? And in this version, they don't bring that up at all. And you asked me, in you asked me when we first recorded, you're like, why did it have to be the moment it hit the water? And I have an answer for you now. It's because they had that slow motion footage and they wanted to use it. Because like in, in this footage, in this cut, he basically has to reverse time. It's the, it's the lightning that's generated when he reverses time is the power charge that he needs. That's the, that's the only strength he can get the lightning strong enough to charge it. So what they did was he ran back and ran forward. And when the, when the box hit the water, that's the moment that in this version, the real version, he started reversing time. So you see the box kind of slowly lift up out of the water and you see the picture of his dad. So he lifted up out of the water. So like they had this slow motion shot that was intended to be, to show that that's the point in which the flash generated enough power to touch it. But they totally forego all that. So they're like, well, we have this cool shot, so we got to use it. Like, and, yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, 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 I totally thought about that when I was watching it and I was so glad that, uh, that bit was out of there. Cause that drove me nuts. I was just like, why, why, <laughs> like, why does it have to was, be at the same time? <laughs> I was waiting for it though. I was waiting. I was like, are they going to explain why it has to be the moment it hits the water? And then they never did. And I was like, Oh, that's what happened. But <laughs> yeah. I also love that. Like there's this miscommunication where cyborgs like, don't. <laughs> and Barry's like, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, or, yeah. Or no, I don't know if he says no or don't, you know, but yeah, uh, yeah I thought that yeah. was, that was yeah. great. Uh, yeah. I thought, yeah. I mean, overall I was, 
again, like Barry still remained the comic relief as I thought he would, but he, they didn't sacrifice his competence, his scientific mind, his heroism. Great. Dude, the, the grave, the, the scene where they're exhuming Superman's body, mm-hmm. so much better in this one. Because, okay, first of all, Aquaman and Wonder Woman were with them. But then, like, you got that moment where Barry Allen was like, like, like before they start to dig, he just kind of like sits there and he's like, he was my hero, man. Like, yeah. you know, like, like you get that moment that like, oh, like it, it makes sense because like the reason that Flash is becoming a superhero is because of Superman, right? Like, did you, did you get that? Like, yeah. so when he got the powers, he's not just using the powers to help with the CSI stuff. The reason he's a superhero and has a suit is because Superman exists. And I'm like, oh, that's such a cool, like, little, like, you know, character moment, you know? Yeah, I, I like that a lot, too. Um, and, like, again, like I said, you know, that we just had more references to Superman throughout the movie, which I, I think was, you know, was very fitting. I mean, even though he wasn't, again, we only saw him on screen, you know, in that in that opening sequence, and then we don't see him for most of the movie, you know, but you feel yeah. his presence more. Um, yeah. yeah, I know you also mentioned, and this was actually interesting to me. I'm, I'm still kind of thinking it through, but you're right. In the theatrical cut, there's this ethical debate that the league has about whether they should bring Clark back. And you really don't get that here. Um, but even though I, I think it is an interesting idea to explore, I think ultimately it makes sense that they didn't necessarily go down that road in this because it's like, these are end of the world stakes here. It's like, if they have a chance to bring him back, it's like, they almost don't have a choice. It's like, they have to try, you know? Yeah. Well, the debate was more like, if we activate the mother box, Steppenwolf will know where the mother box is. It wasn't so much. It was more like, no, we need him back no matter what. But like, that's not the issue. The issue is whether we activate (laughs) this mother box. It was way way more tactical. It wasn't like, you know, what happens to a soul when a person dies? This was like, listen, (laughs) the second we turn this thing on, Yeah, you didn't get the stupid like pet cemetery jokes or anything, you know, like none of that was in there. Oh, dude, the, with the grave scene, like, like, like I thought that it was a good way that like the dry, the humor between Flash and Cyborg, I thought was so like perfect in that scene because like Cyborg is so like not funny, but because of that, he kind of becomes funny. Like, did you notice that? Like when, when, <laughs> when Barry Allen's like, so dude, Wonder Woman, think she'd ever, uh, you know. Date a younger guy, <laughs> and he's like, "Everybody's younger. She's five thousand years old. Start digging." Like, it's just like so deadpan. Like, yeah, it was really funny. Like, I know. No, that was terrific. Uh, so again, I guess while we're while we're talking while while we're in the area of of the resurrection, you know, there's that scene when they when they realize that they can bring Clark back, right? Where uh, Cyborg creates that hologram, right, mm-hmm. of, of Clark of you know Superman. And so that shot was in like some of the earliest trailers. And I think it was even in like, like one of Snyder's original, original trailers years ago, like the shot of Bruce looking at the hologram. Now I misinterpreted that initially. I thought that that took place earlier in, in the movie and that, um, it showed that he was working on a way to bring Clark back all along. Cause one of the things I didn't like in the theatrical cut was like, all of a sudden it just occurs to them like, oh, maybe we could bring him back. I liked I liked this notion that like Bruce was working on the problem of how to bring Superman back. And obviously that was not the intent and that's not the way they went with it. And uh, overall, I think, it, I mean, that probably makes sense, right? It's like, why would he think he could bring someone back from the dead? I mean, that would probably be as, as smart as Bruce is 
feel like that would probably be a bit of a stretch. Um, so I was yeah. I was surprised that that was where that little hologram thing came into play. I really thought that was going to be somewhere else. Well, I actually, I'm not sure if you noticed this, but like, I, I can't remember how they brought him back in the comics. It might have actually been more along the lines of what was in the, th the theatrical cut with like the idea that his, his body is so strong that the cells are dormant and not dead kind of thing. Right? Is that how it was in the comics when he came back? Is that sort of idea? I mean, basically, like, so the Eradicator puts him in a rejuvenation matrix in the fortress that bombards him with solar radiation and that, like, revives him. That's basically it. Okay. But then there was also the okay. Adventures of, well, not to take us too far afield, but there was also Adventures of Superman 500 where it's like the battle for Clark's soul, where he's in the afterlife and he's with Jonathan, who's um, who's had a heart attack, and, they're, like, they're both kind of fighting their way back to the land of the living, like their souls. So it was sort of okay. like this dual thing where it's like the body needed to be restored with solar radiation, but like the soul also needed to fight to return. Okay. So I, I, I liked it better in this version that it wasn't like, like a Kryptonian magical thing. Like it wasn't like, oh, because Superman's a Kryptonian, his body's dormant and therefore we can revive him. I liked that it was literally the mother box like reassembled his body like through time basically time traveled his body like i like i actually really like that because it was more like that could have done that to any of them like if aquaman died they could have done that to you know what i mean like right. and, and, I, and it added more weight to his death and this is like super small like shift and like most people probably won't notice it but to me it was more powerful because it was like no superman was dead like he was dead dead and like they like they <laughs> threw the mother box were able to revive him not because he was dormant and he can't die. Like, I don't like the idea that he, he's like an, an everlasting, never ending, like being like, that's kind of like strange. So like, I like I like this version of him more. I hear made you. him feel more human. I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I made fun of this the very first years ago when we, when we podcasted about justice league. And of course this, this remained true uh, that, you know, when Clark comes back and then he, you know, he flies up, it's like he loses all of his clothes except his pants, which remain like yeah. fully intact. Um, but, and then, you know, we get that battle in, in, you know, Metropolis Park that, um, that again, that was primarily, you know, Snyder footage, right? And we thankfully excised a lot of the, the goofier stuff, the do you bleed line, mm -hmm. you know, Batman lying on the grass saying like, oh, you know, something's broken, like all yeah. that stuff. Um, you won't let me live and you won't well, let me die. And like, it looks like he's dubbed because of the weird mustache. Thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I thought like the battle was much more, oh, and I mean, I feel like there was, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. I don't know if you've seen this, like on YouTube, there are a lot of people now already who have put up side by side comparisons of the two cuts. And I, I haven't, I, I don't know. I don't have the interest to like really get into that. It's like the, the actual no. cut was bad. It's like, this was the superior true version. And I don't really need to look at that old footage again, but I feel like the fight itself, there were a few more beats and like, I mean, again, was a lot more brutal um, yeah, you know, I, I, well, thought. I mean, talking about Flash's confidence, he was like, he had more of a fight in this too. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he like, he dodged and weaved and like, in like, it was more like, it was showing how Superman can like overpower someone, even though like Flash was still like kind of one step ahead of him, but it was like, but he didn't have the power to actually physically hurt him. It was just like, he was able to kind of stay out of his way a lot, you know? You know, and, and this is again, another instance where everything connects better, where, because we had that scene with Iris, like that was a, such a, I mean, it was a lengthy sequence where we got to see how Barry's powers worked and what it's like when everything slows down around him. So I think it has more weight in this cut when Clark turns mm -hmm. 
And Barry's like, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's as fast as I am. And it's like, you, yeah. you know, you, you get that either way. But I think having that other scene like really hammers that home even more and it's more effective. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, even when he bought, bought the parademons, like in the beginning in the, in the tunnel, like he had a couple sequences where like, he was just rocking parademons, like he's like, and like pushing them through like wall, like exploding through walls. So, so like, it, it showed that he was a more competent. And they excised that for that stupid joke about him, just like I can just push people and run away. Like, <laughs> like they, they, they really did him a disservice for sure in the in that version of it. And like this, like yeah, this it added more weight when when you see Superman actually being able to like match him at that like velocity. That like it's like oh shit, like Superman's like not to be messed with at all, you know? Yeah. I will, again, man, you know, I'm loath to give any credit to, to Whedon after the hack job he did on this movie. And I, and now, cause you know, like the last time you and I talked about the Justice League theatrical cut, we hadn't seen the Snyder version, so we didn't know. Right. And I think I was a little mm -hmm. bit more reserved, but now having seen both, it's like, Jesus Christ. I mean, they tore <laughs> yeah. this movie to shred. They tore this movie to shreds. I agree. Um, I agree. But the, so I'm loath to give him any credit um, and not to mention all the stuff that now has come out from people who have worked for him. It's like, I don't, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. but like, not whatever. It's terrible. I'm saying whatever. Yeah. I don't feel the need to soften this. Um, yeah, yeah. But the, the, there was that one thing in, in the theatrical cut that I thought was interesting that Bruce had the foresight to kind of have Lois there to calm Clark down which I thought was smart and from a from a strategic perspective, like made a lot of sense. And in this case, he more kind of gets lucky that she had like, <laughs> you know, that she's there, you know, and obviously yeah. the end result is the same. She's able to get through to him. But I did think it was interesting in the other version that um, it's like he knew he might need her to reach out, to, to reach through to Clark. But that I feel like is more uh, um, has to do with the fact that in that version, the theatrical cut, they there was a big plot point of them being like, well, if he comes back, he might not come back the same. Right. Where in this, like they never even assumed that in this one, they just assumed right. like, Oh, he comes back. He's going to come back. He's going to come back Superman. Right. Yeah. But like, it's almost like they're like surprised by the fact that he's like kind of like nuts, you know, that's a good point. Like disor disoriented, disoriented is more the right word. And, and the reason mm -hmm. that he attacks the justice league is that he, he doesn't, he doesn't know who these people are. So to <laughs> him, they could be, you know what I mean? Batman's yeah. not there. He sees Cyborg with the cannon. I mean, I guess he... He knows Wonder Woman. I mean, does he? Barely. Barely. Barely? Barely. Like, yeah, no. like, I don't think he ever talked to her, did he? He just <laughs> fought next to her against... You know what I mean? So, it's true. Yeah, I, I could see where he would think that, like, in coming back from the dead, like, you know... Yeah. So itchy, you know? He's probably just so mad because he was so itchy that, like... <laughs> So again, like I said, you know, and I had given you the heads up, right? Like it's not so much more Clark screen time, but, but, but it is a lot better. And thankfully we lose that scene at the farm where Lois is like, well, what was it like? Itchy. It's like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so I, I very much enjoyed the farm scene. You know, I like, that's the thing, man. I would have watched, I would have watched 20 minutes on the farm. Um, you know, it, it yeah. never felt like enough, but you know, the, you know, the scene with, with, uh, with them both inside and outside and, and, you know, Martha showing up and all of that, I, you know, I thought was really nice. And even just as he's kind of like coming back to reality, when Lois gives him the shirt and he's talking about the house and you know how Martha had to mm -hmm. sell it. And he's like, you know, she loved it here. Like I loved it here. And you, know, you see him start to come back. And then, you know, the scene with them in the field where he's like, I'll take that as a yes. And Lois and, yeah. and the audience, I think like we see like, oh, okay, like Clark's back now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love when he tells his mom, he's like, they, they they need me like they brought me back for a reason like 
I need to get going. Like, yeah, it, it was like, it had such a good weight to it. Like, I, like, I don't want to, I just want to stay here with you guys, but like, I have to, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, there was that, that Superman thing that we're talking about, that selflessness that we always talk about. It was like, it was so prevalent in this one, you know? Right. So it's like to anyone who still continues to doubt like this version of the character, it's like, do you want a moment of heroism? This guy just came back from the dead. You know, it's like, I'm sure all he wants is to hang out on the farm, but it's like, no, right. He exactly. He makes that choice to, you know, to, to leave. And then we get, um, you know, the sequence. Wait. Yeah. Oh no, go on, go on. No, I think you're going to talk about it. Go. When he's in the fortress and he's, and yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. the thing. Like, you know, we get this sequence that was cut and on the, um, on the original Justice League Blu-ray, um, they did include this as a deleted scene of Clark walking through the ship and seeing the different costumes um, but that did not include the voices of Jorel and Jonathan. That was not in that deleted scene. And so that was a very nice surprise. I was happy to see that. Um, and that again, like this whole theme of parents and children, like the, you know, the fact that he, you know, hears the voices of these two fathers that he had. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you about this because there's stuff that we had not heard before. Mm -hmm. Right. And now I don't know if that was new stuff that, they recorded or deleted st I mean, I don't know. Do you have any indication? I, I have no idea. I right. mean, I did notice there was new stuff. And I, I actually was wondering the same exact thing if that was, I mean, it might've been done back in 2016 or whatever, when they were filming this movie, maybe, maybe it wasn't from Man of Steel, but maybe it was from, you know, or, or maybe, maybe it was part of the reshoots. <laughs> Who knows? Like, you know, the recent ones from last year, you know? Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, we get, um, you know, again, in, in Man of Steel, um, you know, Jonathan and Jorel have, you know, a couple of really powerful speeches to Clark about his role in the world. And that was, of course, the whole theme of that movie. Like, what is his relationship going to be with the world? And so, you know, to kind of have that come back around was really powerful. But then to get, you know, to get those new sound bites where, uh, you know, where, where Jonathan says, you know, it's it's time, like it's time to fly, Clark. Um, and, mm -hmm. and where Jorel says like, you did it, like you gave them hope. Uh, you know, I, I just yeah. thought, I just thought that was so terrific. I loved it. And then it's followed up by like one of the coolest shots in the movie when he flies up into the sun wearing the black costume and like, you just see like the sun hitting him and like it, with the Hans Zimmer music, it just looks so epic and like comic book perfect, you know, like, Oh, so good. Yeah. It was great. I, I mean, I really, uh, uh, yeah, I, I love that whole sequence. It, you know, breaks my heart that that was taken out. Um, it's, you know, it's funny. And I know you had shared with me that you were, you were purposely avoiding a lot of the teasers and stuff that they were releasing ahead of this. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I watched them all and, uh, you know, they put out a series of like one minute character centric teasers. And for the Clark one, uh, we heard Jonathan say, it, you know, it's time son fly. And I knew, oh, wow. you know, and, and listening to that, I was like, okay, like that was not in Man of Steel. So I did get my hopes up a little bit. I thought we were going, I thought Clark might actually have a scene with Jonathan, like a vision like he had in Batman v Superman or, mm. or kind of going back to the comics that I was just talking about a minute ago. I thought that maybe we would see Clark like with Jonathan in the afterlife. Like I really, my mind, my imagination really went wild. I was like, oh, we're going to get like, it's going to be great. Oh wow! So it was a little, I was a little disappointed, but that was only because I, I got ahead of myself. Um, but it was, again, even just hearing those voices um, was, was great. And to just kind of connect this journey that Clark has had. Um, and, you know, he picks out the black costume. We don't get any, you know, he never articulates any reason why. 
He never, like, he never talks to anyone about it. It looks cool, man. I mean, like, because you see the blue costume there. You see you see the armor. You see the blue costume. Yeah. And then you see him, like, stop and, like, and look at what we, what we are then shown is the black costume. And, like, dude, I think the black costume is sweet. And I know that you texted me saying that, do I wish he didn't have the cape? Mm-hmm. And because of the comics, he didn't have the cape. And then I said, I texted back and said, well, I don't know. It would have been cool if he had like maybe a silver cape or a red cape, you know, to break it up because of the red with the black would have looked cool. That would have looked cool. But, but in the movie, dude, the black, there's something like elegant and like regal looking about the all black with the silver S and the silver trim on the, the boots and the, the gloves that like, I don't know, man, it looks so good. Like there's like a very regal, like knightly kingly look to like the, just a straight black, with the silver. And I'm like, it looks so good. Like, I would be okay if the next Superman movie he was just wearing that suit. Like I would be so down with that. Like I know some people might have an issue with it, but I thought it looked great. Yeah, it. I mean, it 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 was really cool. No, I mean, no arguments here. And and the, I don't really have. I guess I don't have that strong of an opinion about the cape. Um, you know, I was thinking about it further after we texted. I mean, I, like part of me feels like without the cape, it makes it something like it. I don't know. It it goes beyond like oh, it's just a different costume. Right. So there's something that's kind of cool to me about it. Like if it's if it's capeless, because otherwise it's just his costume in a different color. But if there's no cape, it's like there's something that there's a different quality to it. But um, I don't mind the cape. And I thought it looked cool. I mean, it just it looks so good on screen. And, you know, we talked about this in one of our other podcasts, but like Snyder had to sneak this in, basically, like he wanted to film Cavill in the black costume. The studio said no. So he was like, "Okay, I'll shoot him in the blue costume, and then I'll just change it in post production." And they wait, made wait, that's all that's all post production. Yeah. So and really? he, he has confirmed this. And if you look, like there are photos from the original shoot of Snyder directing him, and he's in the blue costume. But what he and his editor did, or the the visual effects uh, folks, they I don't and I don't know what they did, but they made certain tweaks to the blue costume that would make it easier to to color correct it in post. So I don't know exactly what that involved, um, but that's what they did. So he filmed Cavill in the blue costume, and the black is all post production. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy because it looks so good. I mean, even the shirt rip at the end, with yeah. it being the black suit with the silver S, looks so good. And I'm like, damn, like who who thought this would have been a bad idea? I just I don't get it. I really don't get it. But I, I mean, look, and I don't, you know, I. I don't want to put myself in the position of defending these executives, but uh, I mean, I guess in the aftermath of Batman v Superman, where, you know, we did not, you and I did not share this criticism, but a lot of people felt like it was too dark. So I guess Mm -hmm. Snyder being like, hey, in the next movie, he's going to be in a black costume. They were probably like, no, I I really (laughs) think it probably, I really think it came down to that. I really think they were like, people say these movies are too dark. You can't put them in a black costume. And, and so that was it. So I, I think that's what it comes down to, but I'm glad that he, f- like, you know, like you got to give this guy credit. Like he's, he found a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And and to, to counter what you said <laughs> about it, feeling like it's something different than the, just a color swap on his costume. I actually like that. It, like, I mean, like I, I do like the comic version that it's like the healing suit and whatever. And like, but like for this, for this universe, I kind of like that. It's just like, you know what? feel like wearing black today like <laughs> i kind of like that it's just like it's just it's just like a different set of different suit that i've got you know like i'm just gonna rock it like and i think there's just something kind of cool about that like yeah no I'm, I'm with you so i mean you know getting that scene with that music and those those voiceovers and then like you said flying you know uh you know above the earth like just gorgeous you know the scene with alfred just a simple moment but you see you just see his calm and his grace 
followed by the fury that he unleashes on Steppenwolf. And it's just like, mm-hmm. it's great. You know, what's funny. I was thinking about this. Like Clark doesn't say much in the movie. Like if you counted up all his lines, he really says very little. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of screen yeah, time. He doesn't true. say all that much. Um, you know, I wish, you know, it's like, and again, I know this wasn't intended to be the last time we see him, right? So you, you have to factor that in. But it's like, I, I do, I, you know, it's like, I wish we could have had Lois tell him about the pregnancy. I wish, you know, I, I don't know. I wish we could have seen the world's reaction to his return. I mean, like, there's so much stuff that, you know, I, I wish we could have gotten more of. But, uh, but yeah, it was great. And that action sequence, I know we talked about it before, but God damn, that was awesome. Yeah, so good. Um. What about um? What about Aquaman? Yeah, let's think about Aquaman. I, I mean, what what do you have about Aquaman? Well, I noticed that his world was a lot more built out, right? Like yeah. with Volko and Mira, and like they looked a lot different than what they looked like in the Aquaman movie. Did you notice that? Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. Volko looked like their design, like their character design, was much different. And Mira in the movie didn't have an English accent, did she? In thank the Aquaman you, movie, thank you, because I was driving. I was like, when I heard her talking this, I'm like. And again, I only watched Aquaman once, but I was like, yeah, does she have an accent? I don't think she did. No, I don't think she yeah, did. I didn't think she, yeah, I didn't think she did either. And Laura said the same thing when we were watching it. And I was like, huh. I mean, all the Atlanteans in this seem to have the British accent. And I was like, maybe that, maybe that's why they cut it all out because it wasn't jiving with what James Wan was doing maybe. I don't, I don't know, but I thought it was great. The, all the Volko stuff, all the Mira stuff. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they rounded out his character and his world more. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think, I guess there wasn't, unlike with Flash and Cyborg, there wasn't as much with him where I was like, other than again, like yeah, what, what we just mentioned and, you know, certainly Volko in particular, it's like, you know, he was completely gone from the, from the other cut. Um, but, and then obviously we lost some of the goofier stuff, like him sitting on Wonder Woman's lasso and yeah, you, know, God, yeah. you know, that whole, that whole thing. Um, and again, like, you know, like I said before, like that original recruitment scene with Bruce, like just really, uh, you know, has had a lot more weight to it. I mean, they they made him a more serious character in this. Like, he didn't have like his like his like Yahoo Surfer stuff. Like, like oh, dress like a bat, dig it, ow! Like he he was he didn't do any of that in this. You know, he like he didn't go yee oh ow! Like he wasn't like shouting yeah. and stuff and doing his like like point break like hang ten kind of stuff that, he, that like he did in the other one. So like, I kind of like the more. I mean, when I saw the other one, I liked they added that to him. But like now, in seeing this version of it, I like this more kind of serious, stoic version a little bit more. You know? Yeah. No, no, I'm I'm with you too. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think like there. I you know, and maybe I'll have more after after a second viewing. Um, which I know we're not done talking about the characters, but I was curious what, uh, like, how many times do you think you'll watch this? Oh, dude. I mean, it's long. I mean, that's like the one thing I will say about like, about my only gripe with it is that it's so long. So like, it makes it more of like a, like, literally my entire afternoon was spent watching it, you know, so like, that makes it more of a, like a Herculean task to watch it again. But I don't know. Um, I mean, probably a couple more times at least. I mean, I'll definitely probably watch with my dad at some point. And then, mm. you know, when I have kids, I'll definitely watch it with them, you know, but like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't rewatch movies in general ton like even movies i love like i don't really rewatch them a lot so like they, they burn into my head pretty well like aquaman the we were just talking about i loved that movie but i only ever saw it in theaters like i never rewatched it you know same. And, and i loved it so same here um 
Yeah. I don't, you know, it's funny. Like I, I used to rewatch stuff more and I think probably just due to lack of time. Like I don't, I don't really do that as much these days except for the podcast. So, you know, that might be a reason to, to revisit it. Um, I mean, I'll definitely watch it again uh, when Steph wants to watch it. Um, I'm curious, this will actually be, not that I'm testing her, but this will be kind of a test of the movie because, uh, you know, I said to her, I was like, you know, we can split it up. Right. And, and, oh, and actually on that note, I thought the chapter breaks were great. I thought that really Uh helped with the flow and it really made it seem like it was going faster. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because they were seven chapters with the, you know, right. Six and then the epilogue. Right. So you're like seven Mm -hmm. chapters. So, you know, so yes, four hours is a lot, but when you're dividing it up into seven chapters, it's like no one chapter was that long. And then every time you saw the the title card come on, it's like, okay, like we're moving along here. Yeah, Uh, yeah, for sure. But so, I mean, Oh, no, say what you're going to say. No, I, was no, just, I, want to, I want to get back to that, though. But say what you're going to say. No, I was just going to say, like, when I watch it with Steph, because I said to her, I'm like, you know, we can break it up, and there are these chapters. Like, it's very easy to, to carve this up. We can do two two hours and two hours. I'll be curious to see if she's so into it that we keep going, because I'll I'll do four hours straight again. That's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm so I'm curious. that I'm, I'm curious to see. Uh, again, she's seen all these movies, so she's like, it, it's not like, I mean, she's invested in this, too. So I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. What were you going to say? Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say, because before this was coming out, um, before it dropped, because I, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts and a lot of movie-specific podcasts, and a lot of people were complaining about that it was going to be so long. And like even myself, I was like, man, four hours is going to be a long time. And 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 one of the, the, the things that was brought up on these podcasts was, why do people complain that a movie's four hours, yet they'll like binge Cobra Kai, which is six hours straight through? And I think there is a reason for that. I think that movies... And this will go back to the Snyder Cut with the chapter breaks. Is that the reason movies that are two forty-five plus, right, three hours, three and a half, whatever, feel so long is because movies like have a beginning, middle, and end, right? And they they have the rising action in a long movie that just drags out forever. Whereas when you're watching like Cobra Kai or like any show that you binge, you have the beginning, middle, and end in an hour. So you go on this emotional arc that like kicks you off gets you emotionally going, concludes, and then tees you up for the next chapter. So you go on the the whole, like, the whole sort of, you complete the emotional arc, but then they, like, reading a book, they, like, give you that teaser to keep going where you're like, oh, well, I got to find out what happens next. Whereas, like, when you're watching, like, a three, three and a half hour long movie, you don't have that. You're just kind of chugging through that middle part for, like, a very long time. So you don't have that emotional kind of, like, conclusion and mystery quotient to, like, keep going. Mm-hmm. Back to the Snyder Cut, because they broke it up in those ways, it actually kind of mimicked that in weird ways, right? Like, like the chapter would start, and you're like, oh shit, well now what's gonna happen? You know, like it did, it did kind of did have like a like a long part of the rising action, but it was still there were so many characters and so many different plot things going that you like got really invested, and then the chapter breaks had the names on them, so you knew like, well, what, what does that mean? You know, kind of thing. So I think it helped a lot to go back to what you were saying. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think what you laid out makes a lot of sense. I have a similar theory about why like Netflix shows in, in particular can feel so much slower. It's not even so much that they're longer than like a network television show, but without the commercial breaks, like a network television show is structured around those commercial breaks. So there's some kind of an exciting incident right that's going to make you want to come back after the commercial and it, it just creates a different flow and like with a lot of these netflix shows it's just like 
they just run for an hour and then they stop. Like you don't have that structure to it. So I think that's what makes it feel, feel longer. Not just that it's 55 minutes instead of 42. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, the chapter, yeah, the chapter breaks, um, uh, helped a lot. Uh, going back into, into our characters here, uh, I loved, you know, I loved Bruce in this. I mean, it was interesting because I feel like with Bruce and Diana, I mean, we could talk about the two of them together maybe, uh, you know, Batman v Superman really did a lot of the heavy lifting, especially with Bruce. I mean, that was really his like main arc, I feel like was in that movie. Uh-huh. And this was like his quest to unite the team, but it wasn't so much like he had to go from point A to point B. It was just like he had to bring the team together. But I loved how he was like so forceful like he and i guess this goes into the, the theme of like him act, uh, acting more on faith than 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 reason but like he just willed stuff to happen like when diana's like the age of heroes it'll never come again he's like it will it has to <laughs> and like yeah, at yeah. every point along the way when the characters are like i don't know if this will work because like, it'll work <laughs> like, yeah just he just willed it to happen i mean i don't know how you in general thought of I mean, I know we we said we both said that we like Ben Affleck as Batman, um, but I don't I didn't know how much you did um, previous to this. But I will say that like I always liked him as Batman, but he was never like my all time favorite. Like I, I I like all the Batmans for different reasons, but like I I would probably give the edge to Christian Bale like before seeing this, and I, I'm psyched for the Robert Pattinson Batman. Like I think it's gonna be great, but like. Dan, this movie made me love Ben Affleck as Batman even more. And I want to see more. And this, I think this movie cemented in my head that he's like, I think he's my favorite Batman up to this point. Like, I think, I think he's superseded Christian Bale. Like I really do. Cause like he didn't feel like tired and like, like old and like out of shape. Like he did in the justice league in the justice league. One. Cause like, cause like he did that scene where he's like drinking whiskey with wonder woman. And like, he just looks like he's like given up on like everything. And I'm just like, he just doesn't want to be here. But in this movie, man, he was like the tough, scary, badass, just fighting Batman that like everyone wants to see. And it took, thank God that scene from the original movie, that opening scene with the parademon wasn't in there Yeah, with those like hokey jokes. Like, yeah, I was very happy. I was very happy to see that go. Well, I know that's the funny thing is like the whole opening of the movie is completely different. I mean, you know, we don't have that stupid cell phone footage of Superman talking to the kids about how his yeah, S is yeah. a river and it's like losing, finding your car keys or whatever. And then you know, that, <laughs> like that rooftop scene with Batman and the cra- Yeah, I know. It was just like, uh, I was very happy to see those go. But yeah, I know like Affleck was great in this. He looked great. I mean, look, when they did the reshoots, I, I think that was a tough time for him personally, right? Like he's, you know, yeah. it's been public about, you know, his uh, issues that he's had. And I, I'm maybe creatively, he probably wasn't thrilled with what was happening. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine, yeah. you know, we didn't love watching it. I can only imagine what it was like filming it. Uh, oh, dude, I can't even know. imagine. We, we can talk about that later, but I can't even imagine what it was going through those actors' minds, like, doing that. But, yeah. But, he, yeah, he was so good in this, though, man. He was, yeah. he was like, money as Batman. I, I so wish, like, like, because remember, he was supposed to be in The Batman. was supposed to be his movie. And yeah. it was supposed to have Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. And they, they teased that up at the end of this yeah. movie with Deathstroke with Lex Luthor telling Deathstroke that Bruce Wayne's Batman. Yeah. And that I think was supposed to be the Batman movie was him fighting Deathstroke. That was. And so dude, that would have been great. And like, I can only imagine that these reshoots are probably why he's, they're not, he's not Batman anymore. Yeah. I, I, right? I, I can't, I, I would have to imagine that was a, a big factor. And, and so Joe Manganiello talked about this in an interview that, um, 
so yeah, what we saw in the Snyder version, that was what Manganello filmed. So what we saw in Justice League was Manganello's footage, but then um, I guess they the Eisenberg or portions of the Eisenberg stuff was a reshoot where instead of saying like, hey, he's Bruce Wayne, uh, you know, is that line about like, well, we have to form a league of our own, right? So, and again, going back to what I said before, you know, the studio pivoting away from following up on the dark side thread and instead right. saying, okay, next time it's going to be the Injustice League, right? So it was great to see the original version of that scene between Deathstroke and Lex. And it's like, yeah, man, like that was a, like, and it's, I don't know, like it makes, given this version of Lex, it makes way more sense, I feel, that he would he would yeah. do that instead of well, saying, like, we have to make a supervillain team. It's like, what? Yeah, no, he also didn't feel, Lex is a character who is in that one scene that he's in, feels way more threatening and menacing and grounded and in line with the previous movie than in the Joss one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You're right. Cause it's like, well, what's the most dangerous thing he could do? Well, he could tell a villain, you know, the secret identity of, of, uh, you know, one of these characters yeah. not say like, Hey, we're going to have a super villain team up next movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was the plan for the Batman. I mean, you know, yeah, that would have been awesome, dude. Like, and he, Ben Affleck, like, like he was so good as Batman in this. Like I, I don't know. I, I, it kind of breaks my heart that he's like I, I'm. I'm really looking forward to the Robert Pattinson one, and I think that's going to be a fantastic movie. Um, but yeah, it just yeah, Ben Affleck was great. Look, the line that I referenced at the start of this podcast, and this was in the first Snyder, the first Snyder cut trailer. You know, uh, we, you know, within the past year. You know where they're where they're all planning for their battle, and he's like, I don't care how many demons he's fought and how many yes. hells he's never faced us, not us united. And it's like, God damn, like this guy is so cool. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. yeah. he's like the best Bruce Wayne too. I think of like all the Bruce Waynes, like he really is. Like he, because he he has that like cool playboy factor. charm. Yeah, but like he's also really driven and serious. Like, and I feel like I feel like Christian Bale had that a little bit, but. I mean, he, Christian Bale was good. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm definitely not going to, I don't, I don't want to start crapping on Christian Bale because Christian Bale was awesome. I think he was like a fantastic Batman. But this one, because this one's interacting with the rest of the wider DCU, he feels more comic accurate, right? Like, because yeah. he's like interacting with Superman and Wonder Woman and, and Cyborg and Flash and Aquaman. Like, he's existing in this world that has everyone. So, therefore, by that nature alone, he feels more like the comic book Batman that we've like known and read about, you know? Uh, yeah, you're right. I think that's a really, I think that's a really key point. And, um, and I guess too, like, you know, I mean, we've only had two movies with him, but, uh, you know, you've seen him as the world has expanded. So it's like, you know, kind of, I guess maybe when we first see him, it's sort of, you know, it could almost be kind of in line with like the Christian Bale version, but then, you know, we have the Superman and Wonder Woman stuff and, and moving forward into this movie. So it's like, I think it is, I think it can be easy to take Christian Bale for granted. And I, if he still remains right. my favorite, but I don't know, man, it's like almost neck and neck at this point. Uh, I, I really love yeah. the Affleck Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. He's so good as Bruce Wayne. Yeah, for sure. Like, and like on multiple levels, like when he's the like kind of the playboy and when he's, you know, just conferring with Alfred and uh, yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. uh, and when he's like leading the team. Yeah. 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 It was great. And Wonder Woman, 
Can we talk about the fact that she chops off Steppenwolf's head? <laughs> so awesome, dude. So awesome. Dude, when that happened, when, when she when she was bringing the sword down, right? I, I was sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, she's going to cut his head off. She's gonna, and, she, and Laura's like, no, she's not. I go, she's going to cut his head right off. And what's going to happen is, like, I'm saying it as the movie's going on, and you're going to see them separate. And, like, that's what happened. I was like, that was fucking awesome. That was so good. It was great. It was great. And, yeah. I, you know, it was cool, too, you know, the fact that she um, – you know, uh, you know, got the message from, uh, from Themyscira and she was able to kind of like piece together this history and, and, uh, you know, relay it to Bruce. I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I guess that's essentially what we got in the theatrical cut, but this definitely gave us, you know, gave us more to it. You know, this one felt more like Wonder Woman was discovering it where in the theatrical cut, it was just like, Oh no, this is like, I know this because I'm an Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. This one was more like, she like, you saw like the ancient cave paintings and you saw like the creepy painting of dark side and stuff. And like this, again, it felt more real and grounded and like, in the sense of like, she wasn't a cipher, like a plot cipher. She was like a character discovering something and like contributing to the team, you know? Yeah. And dude, her action scenes were so brutal and visceral. Like, like, dude, I love the warrior wonder woman, the one who like has the sword and the shield and just kicks ass. Like that's the wonder woman I love. And like, in the Justice League version, no, I'm saying the Justice League version felt more like the 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 ambassador of peace Wonder Woman, which is like still a valid interpretation. But like, I just I jive with the warrior version. Like, I just think she's like cool. Yeah, yeah, no, she was awesome. Um, and like her recruitment scene with Cyborg, I thought that was effective. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really dug what they did with her. Um, and yeah, that final fight where she chops the head off. It was just, you know, and I think that had been rumored. Um, so I kind of had a sense that that was coming, but yeah, man, it was so like, it was so cool. And as it's happening in slow motion, I had the same thought. I'm like, oh, she's going to do it. <laughs> she's going to do it. Yeah. But it's like perfectly in, in, in character, uh, you know, especially mm -hmm. with this version of, 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 of her. And, you know, this, I guess would be a separate discussion, but, uh, you know, I was not a fan of Wonder Woman 1984. And so like to go back and, and so to watch this, it's like, oh, all right, that's the character for sure. Nice, nice. I, I still haven't seen Wonder Woman 84, so I, I can't con compare them. But from what I've heard, I think this, I, I will probably like this version much more. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, here too, I mean, like a lot of her, arc, a lot of, I think her, the work for her arc was done in Batman v Superman, even though she didn't have a ton of screen time there, but, but, you know, kind of making that decision to re-enter Well, she had her own movie too, the first one. Right. She, she, yeah, she, she had her, her first movie, which was great. That's still one of the best DC yeah. movies is her first one, her own movie. So yeah, this was more just kind of like a showcase of her, like being awesome. Like you didn't yeah. really have to do much backstory with her. You just had to like have her kick ass and look cool. And she did it like top to bottom. So yeah, she was awesome. And, you know, I, I really like that they, you know, all this, you know, because there was a lot of like sexual tension with her and Bruce and the theatrical cut, like there were numerous scenes, you know, with that. I'm glad that was gone. You know, there's that little moment yeah. here where they both reach for the mouse and their hands hit, but you know, it's a very subtle moment. Yeah. It's not, it's not overpowering. So I thought, um, I thought that yeah. worked much better. Yeah, totally. You totally. Know? Um, and yeah, I know we've talked about dark side before, but, um, but yeah, it was just, that's the thing. It's like not only did they improve Steppenwolf, like they improved Steppenwolf so much that even if they hadn't brought back the dark side stuff, if it had just been Steppenwolf, I would have been like, okay, like I I'm on board mm -hmm. with this. But on top of that, you know, they gave us this larger picture and this, you know, this looming threat that's still out there. Uh, and I just thought it was so cool. And it was, it was neat too, I guess, to see different versions of dark side. Cause you see young dark side in the flashback. Um, and then you see, you know, the, 
uh, sort of the, when uh, Steppenwolf is communing with him from Earth, right? And then you see him actually on Apocalypse. Um, and then in the flashes to the nightmare world, I mean, like you get, you know, you get a decent amount yeah. of dark side. Yeah, no, dude, I was shocked how much dark side was in it. And that the, 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 um, the flashback that was in the original movie, but in this one was more fleshed out way better in this version. The, yeah. the age of heroes flashback, the green lantern looked really cool. How he had the, the, the raised symbols dude that, okay. If I had one huge disappointment, I was expecting Hal Jordan to be in this movie. Like I thought he was going to be the teaser at the end. Right. And like, it was cool to get John Jones, Martian Manhunter in there, which we can talk about. But like, I so wish Hal Jordan was in here, you know? So Snyder's original plan for that scene at the end was for it to be Jon Stewart, not Martian Manhunter. Really? Yeah. And he says he filmed it and the studio made him change it. Really? Because they have their own, I guess with their, the, sh the show that they're planning, you know, the HBO Max Green Lantern series. I, I don't know if there or elsewhere they have their own plans for Jon Stewart. So he pivoted to Martian Manhunter instead, but that was his original plan. Did they say who was cast as Jon Stewart? They did not. So he, that's Damn. the thing, like, you know, and isn't that something like your Damn. one disappointment with this movie was something that he, you know, I mean, it he wasn't Hal Jordan, but it's like he wanted yeah, to do Green it's Lantern. A green, it's, it's an Earth Green Lantern. I would have been happy with John, Hal, or Kyle. One of those three, yeah. I would have been happy. Like, yeah. damn, dude, seriously? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, the Martian Manhunter thing was cool. Don't get me wrong. That was still cool. But like, but most people don't know who Martian Manhunter is. So like, I don't know if that like effect would have been the same, you know, yeah. in, the, in the theater. Because I know Laura did. Laura was like, who's this? And I go, he's Martian Manhunter. She's like, who's that? And I'm like, he's on the Justice League cartoon. She's like, she's like, I'm a girl. I never watched that. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. But like, he's, 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 a, he's in the Justice League. He's like the least well-known member of the Justice League, but he's in there. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that, though, because now, you know, he's been a, a main character on Supergirl for its entire run on the, on the CW. So, I mean, maybe there's That's a little true. more recognizability now. But I do get what you're saying. I, I, was, I was totally on. I love the idea that... Um, you know, that Swanwick is, is Martian Manhunter in disguise. I love, I thought the ending scene was cool, you know, hinting at, you know, there's, there's yet an even larger world and other characters like Martian Manhunter, uh, who, you know, now can be pulled into this. The one thing I didn't love that in that Martha Lois scene, that Martha was the Martian Manhunter in disguise. I felt that it did kind of undercut because I thought it was a beautiful scene between oh, Martha. Yeah, you're right. She, yeah. I yeah. thought it was a really beautiful scene. And yes, a massive improvement over the thirsty scene from Justice League. Um, but, you know, when Martha leaves the apartment and then morphs into Martian Manhunter, and, you know, he says, like, you know, we don't just need Superman, like, we need Lois Lane as well, or, you know, whatever. It's a nice sentiment, but I don't know. I feel like it took away from the Martha scene. Like, that, I, I was a little disappointed. I thought maybe they could have worked out some other way to have him uh, appear before the end of the movie. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, you're right. I totally forgot about that. I, I just got so wrapped up in the, in the, in the moment of the reveal of him that I totally like forgot that. Yeah, he was the one that was actually Martha. But yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And then you know, going back to Dark Side and what we were talking about before, like with Snyder leaving this open ended. Again, I, I support his decision. Right. Like he's and he's leaving the movie the way he originally intended. Um, and you know what, again, it's like, you never know, he might have an opportunity to tell more stories. So why not? But also like at the end of the battle with Steppenwolf, when, uh, they have that face off via boom tube, right. With dark side mm -hmm. on apocalypse. Um, and then afterwards we see dark side saying like, you know, ready the armadas. It's like, 
what would you have wanted Darkseid to say? Like, oh, I lost. I guess I'll give up. It's like, no. It's yeah. like, I mean, so this idea that like, okay, there's a larger threat. Darkseid's not done yet. I mean, I think to leave it that open is not that big of a deal. I mean, I, like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the the, the bigger uh, cliffhanger is more the, the nightmare sequence epilogue. Yes. I think that's the bigger cliffhanger than the, because yeah, the Darkseid thing, if that was the end, like, yeah, that would, you're right. It, it would have been like the first Avengers movie where like Thanos is at the end and you just kind of see that tease of him. But like, I think the nightmare sequence is what has people like, we need to see this movie, this next movie. We need to see this where there's like the, the apocalypse hellscape and the Justice League fighting Superman that's succumbed to the dark side yeah. and like Joker's in there and Deathstroke's in there. Like, yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the Joker scene? Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, I never had a problem with Jared Leto. Like I always thought he was a sufficiently creepy Joker. Like I always thought, I actually think he's the, the, the most, um, he's the Joker. I want to be with in the same room with the least of all of them. Like he's the one who to mm. me feels like the most like unsettling and like disturbing. Like, and, and, I, and I never really understood the hate for his version in Suicide Squad. Like I actually thought he was like, pretty menacing in that um so but yeah i i thought it was good i thought it was sufficiently creepy and unsettling in all the ways the joker's unsettling and and batman was like i love when batman's like i will kill you like i was like i think there was an f-bomb in there as well yeah 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 what'd you think i dug it man like i yeah i was not that hot on his version of the joker in suicide squad although and again, this too is another conversation, but you know, there's also a movement now to release the the director's cut of the original Suicide Squad movie because there was, you know, you talk about like seeing stuff in trailers that then never made it into the movie. Like there was so much Joker stuff. Like Joker has such a small role in that movie. I didn't, I didn't love his take on the character. I wasn't so put off by it. And I would be curious to see more and I would be open-minded to say like, well, okay, maybe in the context of these other Joker scenes, like maybe... Maybe I would be more on board with it. So again, I, I I didn't hate what we got in Suicide Squad. It wasn't my favorite. I very much liked this version, and it was great to have the two of them face off. Do you know they didn't actually film that uh, on the together? Like Affleck and Leto were not available on the same days, so they were not really? like, physically together for that. But you can, I mean, it, it works. It's pretty seamless. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was I thought it was cool, and it's like another little wrinkle on their dynamic where they're allies. Right. Like in this hellscape, it's like, you know, makes for, you know, unlikely bedfellows. And so, you know, and I thought that it, it kind of got at some interesting um, ideas, uh, like when Joker digs him about, you know, sending a, a boy to do a man's job. And, you know, Bruce talks about Harley Quinn dying in his arms and all this. Stuff. Like it was cool. I thought it was cool. And it was great to have the two of them yeah. face off. So yeah, I like Dude, that. And I love seeing Cyborg and Flash in future future mode of the like when you saw a flash the like the helmet that retracts and like yeah. and cyborg with the, the cannons coming up off his back and everything like i just thought that like that mad maxi version of the justice league was very cool so that would be awesome to see that version in the next movie yeah for sure um and you know so again i guess maybe if people are like oh like the nightmare stuff that that's unresolved but it's like look it's a future it's a possible future and uh you know if you never get another movie, then it didn't come to pass. Don't worry about it. Um, but maybe, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe we yeah. will. I mean, it would be cool. Like, even if they did, uh, you know, I've seen some people online saying like, oh, it'd be cool to do like an animated series 
um, set in that nightmare world. Or so, you know, it's like there's a lot of potential. Uh, but yeah, it would be cool to see that to see that further explored. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, dude, this movie is like awesome. Like, dude, okay, I I do want to get to like the future of the DC universe in in a moment, but like, um, like yeah, there's so much is just teased up that like I I feel like it saddens me that that this apparently is like not going to go forward as, as of now. I mean, who knows? You're right. Success winning changes everything. Right. So like, who knows if this, if a lot, if the subscribers have doubled over the week and you know, (laughs) maybe this changes everything, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, you know, I know that, that there is that, kind of like a bittersweet um, aspect to all of this on multiple levels, right? Like, you know, bittersweet in the sense that, you know, it's like never thought, like watching it, it's like never thought you'd get to see this necessarily. But then there's also the side of like, why did it, like why did everyone have to go through this whole exercise to get to yeah. this point? And then also too, bittersweet, you know, watching it and, and being like, wow, this is awesome. And then, well, this is the end of the road, you know, at least for now. Yeah. So. Uh, but all that being said, like, I, I'm really grateful that we got to see this. And I also, and you tell me how you feel, right? As, a, as someone, you know, we've been championing these movies for a while, right? We're not uh, Johnny yeah. come lately. He's like, we, we, we've, we, yeah. you know, we've been on board with this and I definitely feel a sense of vindication, right? Like seeing this, it's like, yeah, like there was a reason why, you know, people were pushing mm-hmm. for this. Um, so I'm grateful that we got it. Um, like I said in my little video reaction, it's like, you know, I I don't know Zack Snyder, but like I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, like cast, crew, like top to bottom, you never hear anyone say a negative thing about this man. And, and I think the yeah. fact that like Ben Affleck like showed up for reshoots for Zack Snyder's Justice League and no, look, he didn't do it for free, but like, you know, this is a big star. Yeah. It's like, if he didn't want to do it, he wouldn't have done it. I mean, he's not, Batman anymore because you're the one, you know what I mean? Yeah, not yeah, like the solo yeah. Batman movie anymore, you know? So, you know? yeah, you're right. That does speak volumes. You're right. And no one has anything bad to say about him. Like, I mean, again, I don't know him personally either, but he seems like a good dude from everything that we've heard. And he seems like someone who just has, like, he seems like someone who just grew up loving comics and wanted to make something cool. You know what I mean? And, like, for whatever reason, like, people were like, yeah, do it, but we're going to get in your way at the same time. Like, and like, I don't, you know, I just, I feel bad for him that like he had to go through all this to, to get there, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. And he has, you know, he, he treats these characters seriously and he has a specific vision and, and I, you know, cause I've been thinking about this a lot and going back to, you know, some of the fan reactions that have been driving me nuts a little bit. It's like, uh, and sort of like where I kind of fall on the fandom scale, because I know, you know, there are like real, real diehard fans. Um, I don't know if I'm like so fully in that camp, but I feel like there, you know, there might be some like the true diehards who see this as the only like the only valid take on the characters. And obviously I don't feel that way. I feel like you can interpret these characters in multiple ways, but then there are others who just really don't seem to think that this is an acceptable way to present these characters. And I reject that. I mean, I just think, this is a valid take on the characters and within this universe he's created, I think he's made some really cool and interesting choices. And these movies stay with you in a way that a lot of other stuff doesn't. Well, I will say that that I think, I think his vision for this time period right now is the, 
it is quote unquote the right take because it is not the Marvel take, right? Yeah. Like we saw them try to take these characters and put them in like the Marvel blender through Joss Whedon. And like, it just, it doesn't like work. Like it, it feels hokey and corny. And like these characters have been specifically Batman and Superman have been kind of like elevated through the past 30 years to be these like very serious, very epic characters. And like by proxy that kind of permeates out to like Wonder Woman and Flash and, and Aquaman. And like, it just makes the DC universe like feel more like, Important's not the right word, but more like serious. Like it feels like more like like mythic, right? Whereas like Marvel feels more relatable and like you. I mean, and, I mean, relatable in the sense of like like humor and like like the real world. Where this feels like this like heightened version of like fantasy. Like like characters are still relatable, but like the world itself is this like like plus version of our world right like it's not the exact world we live in but like that's fine like that's like lord of the rings is like that you know what i mean like star wars is like that like and i think that is like a very valid and important take because you don't just want to be copying another company you know you want to be forging your own path and that's what makes you stand out and makes you stand different and like that's what makes you unique and like i think that his take is so good like i mean especially seeing it through the conclusion like this you know yeah. maybe because the movies took so long between movies maybe that's why there was this you know because if you didn't like the darkness of batman versus superman like you were gonna have to wait like two years or whatever but like i don't know i don't know i mean all all great points and yeah i don't have an, an answer on that and you know i think i'm really proud of the episode that you and i did about uh you know justice for Zack snyder superman and you know i don't know that i've mentioned this on the air i've definitely texted this to you but um, I've, I've had a number of people, um, reach out to me about that episode and say that in some cases they were like, you guys turned me around on Zack Snyder, Superman. Um, in other cases, there were people who were like, you know, I'm still not totally sold, but like, I'm going to rewatch them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so thank you again, you know, for being part of that and, and, <laughs> and all the episodes you've done, but like, you know, that's not, that wasn't necessarily our objective when we set out. Like we wanted to express why we love that, but it wasn't necessarily to try to like change somebody's mind, but you know, it actually had that effect, which is great. And I think it, you know, just like for us, we appreciated those movies even more rewatching them. And, and so to whatever extent we were able to inspire someone to sit down and give it another shot, I'm proud of that. And I know I said this in that episode, but I'll say it again. I, I really think Man of Steel was ahead of its time. Um, I, I really, only by a few years, but I think that the world, you know, the, you know, the more distrusting world and cynical world that it presented, um, I, I think sadly is kind of like <laughs> the real world has caught up to that a little bit. But I think if someone were to, someone who watched it in 2013 and was like, you know, this isn't Christopher Reeve, I don't like this. I think if they were to come back and watch it now, I think they would, they would appreciate it more. So, and, and so you yeah. and I like very recently have, have watched all three of these movies and I think you see like what this guy was doing, like there was a plan here uh, and, mm -hmm. and it was great to see, to see it come together. And uh, you know, even if this is the end, um, man, I'm glad we got this. And, and this is something yeah. that uh, they already announced. They're doing the justice is gray edition, the black and white version. That's cool. Uh, I'll That's watch, cool. I'll watch that. I'll, you know, I, I don't know. Like, so I don't know if I would like that as much because like part of what I love about Zack Snyder is his visual like take. And like, like Laura had mentioned this when we were watching it too, is that this movie just looks pretty. Like the colors that like he uses a subdued color palette, but when the colors pop, they pop real well. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, 
he just has like a he has an eye for like crafting these worlds that are mostly cgi right like most of it like but they 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 don't feel like reality but like like i was saying they feel like this heightened version of reality like 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 a comic book like a comic book brought to life and like i just think there's something visually so striking like he's like he like makes art like 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 because i remember i was talking about that last time but laura had said the same thing to me like and she didn't listen to my podcast talking about it, so she had <laughs> no idea that i was saying that but but she was like yeah like she's like the because she likes um Oh, the guy that did a uh, great Gatsby. What's that director's name? Oh, Baz Luhrmann. Bad, yeah, 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 yeah. Because she she said his like in a similar way, like because he's got a very like unique vision, and she was like, Zack Snyder feels like that to me, like that it's like so like distinct and like you can tell it's him, you know. And that's what all artists want, you know. So yeah, man, and, and like when when I said that the right interpretation of these characters for now, what I meant to say was all versions of these characters are valid, right? Like the, the George Reeves, Superman, the Christopher Reeves, Superman, the, the, the super bright, optimistic, like brave and the bold Batman, the Fleischer cartoon, Superman, like all of it's valid. But what I meant to say was for now, like, I think it's smart to have counter programming to Marvel is more what I was seeing that like, like while the Marvel universe is currently existing and it is like, we have to acknowledge that like, and they're great at what they do. Like, I'm not crapping on those movies. I'm saying they are awesome what they do, but they have their thing. And to try to ape their thing is only going to make the DC universe like the bastard second cousin. That's why, like, I think to not try to do them, to do themselves and be their own person and be their own own person, their own identity and their own, like, visual and narrative thrust is really important to separate it out, you know? I I couldn't agree more. Um you know, and we you know we've talked about the Marvel movies before. I've seen them all, and I've enjoyed almost virtually all of them. Um, they don't often stick with me the way these movies do, um, and in part that's because my heart is with DC and with Superman, I, and I recognize that. That's yeah. a that's a big factor here. I recognize, you know, the uh, the craftsmanship in the Marvel movies. I recognize that they're fun. Again, I enjoy them. Um, but yeah, they don't necessarily stick with me. And I agree with you a hundred percent. It's like, you know, to quote, uh, Wayne, the late Wayne Gretzky's father, you know, Wayne Gretzky's father who sadly recently passed away, but he taught his son. Uh, and I learned this from listening to a Kevin Smith podcast years ago, cause he went on a whole Gretzky kick, but you know, Gretzky senior taught him like, uh, don't skate to where the puck is skate where it's going to be. Right. So it's like if DC oh, yeah. Warner Brothers is forever trying to like ape, like you said, what Marvel is doing, that's not the way like to quote the yeah. Mandalorian. But like that's not that's not the path. That's not the path forward here. Uh, so. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think kind of, you know, carving out their own, uh, you know, their their own take on these characters is, is the way to go. And I, I too, let me clarify, because when I, you know, when I like mentioned the Christopher Reeve movies. I love I love the Christopher Reeve take on the character his his performance as Superman, uh, Clark. I know we talked about that in, in another love episode. the first one. Love the first movie. Uh, yeah, love the first the first movie. But I, I guess the reason maybe why I have a tone when I mention Christopher Reeve is I just feel that when people are so beholden to that version of the character that they're unable unwilling to accept a, an alternate take like we've had in these recent years. That's where I start to get a little frustrated because it's like these can all, they can all exist. You can enjoy all of them. And just because something doesn't match, you know, what the, the previous iteration of that, like it's okay. Well, it's so funny you say that because 
Rob Liefeld's podcast, when he was talking about these movies, he had mentioned that I think he was talking about his kids when watched these movies when they were coming out. And like, basically like he was saying to that generation, Henry Cavill is Superman. Like, like to like the generation that was like between like nine and 15 when man of steel came out, like they've grown up with him in these movies and that is Superman to them. And it was funny because that, that is so valid because my dad, right. When the Christopher Reeve movie came out, he was out of college. He was out of college. Like the Superman he grew up with was George Reeves. And so when the Christopher Reeve movie came out, my dad didn't like it. I mean, he liked the movie because it was Superman, but like, he thought Christopher Reeve was too much of a pretty boy. He thought Christopher Reeve mm-hmm. wasn't tough enough. You know, like it didn't jive with the George Reeve version. And like, like it's funny how like time goes on. I, I just think there's there's just such a gap between Christopher Reeve and anything else. And like when they try to do something else at first, they just try to mimic him with the Superman Returns. So like maybe that's where that kind of like sort of like like anchor to that version of is in pop culture. But like, I think now though, like, like, I mean, I told you when I go to comic cons, like even over these past few years, like when I first started, like very few people would get Superman commissions or talk to me about Superman. And now he's a lot of people's favorite character that I interact with, you know? So like, it's, I do think these movies, I mean, we, we might not notice it a lot because when on social media, we have very like myopic circles, you know, like, like of like people we know or people our age, you know, like, and like, but like, I think if you kind of go out into the population, like, I think these movies did hit a quarter of people. I really do. That's a good point. That is a good point. And, and I certainly hope that's the case. And I think, yeah, like you said, I mean, the fact that you're, you know, you're seeing that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, play out at the conventions, at least, you know, I think that's, that's really cool. And I, I hope that's the case, you know? Uh, yeah, I know it, it's social media, I think can be, you know, deceptive slash toxic you know and this is the last I, I just to touch on this because you know obviously the fact that we got the Snyder cut was really born out of this fan movement and you know I, I think that the relentlessness <laughs> and the uh, seeming like uh, omnipresence of of this fan movement I think maybe that's maybe that's what motivates some of the negativity some of the pushback from certain people even in even in like in my circle and, and let me just say this um you know, when it comes to fandom, like I'm, I'm never for any, you know, toxicity. Right. And I think you're going to find that sadly in any fandom. I I did and do follow the main release, the Snyder cut Twitter account. And I don't want to paint with a broad stroke. I mean, again, there are are always going to be exceptions, but at least from the leaders in this movement, what I saw was a lot of encouraging people to be positive, to talk about why they were excited about the Snyder cut, to really focus on that, that, I mean, I saw, I mean, specific examples where they were like really trying to say to people like, Hey, explain why you're excited about this. Tell HBO and AT&T and you know, like why you want to see this. Right. And they raised a ton of money for suicide prevention, you know, in honor of, of the Snyder's late daughter. So, you know, I think there was a lot of positivity where there's toxicity. No, that's not a positive thing. I don't support that. But you know, overall, I guess, I guess I do want to commend the fans, especially the the, the leaders and the positive forces within the fan movement, um, you know, who, who made this happen. I, you know, I, uh, I'm grateful that we got this, this movie. 
you know, what else Me did too, you want to say before we, cause we, how long do you think we've been going for? Or I don't know if you can see a timer. Well, I've been looking at the clock. Yeah. So like, we've been going for like just over two hours, right? Yeah. Only half yeah. the, we've been going for half the yeah. length of the Snyder yeah. cut. Not bad. Not bad guys. I've been, I've been waiting like two years to talk to you about it. So <laughs> if you keep going, I'm, I'm still, I'm still with you. Um, yeah, no, we don't, but, but, uh, but what, what else did, uh, <laughs> did you want to talk about that? Well, we haven't gotten well, to. I want to talk about the future of the DC universe. Like, like the one that pops to my head first off, right, is because Flash is like of the characters in these movies. He's my second favorite character, and next to Superman, and between him and Green Lantern, they're like those are like my three favorite DC characters. So like, I know the Flash movie was long in development, right? And like directors were coming and going, and I wonder if a lot of that had to do because at one point Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison were writing the script themselves. Yeah, and I wonder, I wonder if a lot of that had to do with like. Like Ezra Miller was like, the, the character I signed up for, this is not, like, what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like the, the one that we shot originally and then now we changed it completely. Like, like it's, it's an embarrassment what they did to the Flash in the, in the Justice League version, man. Like, and then like, then they had the comedy directors come on at one point. Remember like, because yes. Rick Famuyiwa Rick was going to do it. And I was super excited for that because he did that movie dope and I thought that was great. And he, he cast Iris West. And I think he cast um, the, the dad, um, Billy Crudup. I think that was all him. And like, and then and maybe that was Joss Whedon or not Joss Whedon. Just, <laughs> names confused. Maybe that was Zack Snyder. I don't know. But like, um, but I know that he, he cast Iris though. I, I'm pretty sure. Maybe that was Zack. I'm not sure. But, but I know that he left the movie like kind of right when they were like in the midst of filming it, like over creative differences. And so like, I wonder if that, if that was like the writing on the wall then where there, where the studio was like, no, we need to make this funnier. We can't do a serious movie. We can't like, and I wonder if that was permeating out into the other movies. And then they got those two comedy directors and then that's when they left over creative differences. And that's when Ezra Miller and Grant Morrison were like, we're writing the script ourselves. And I wonder if it was this, this tension between specifically with that character of like, like the actor being like, I wanted to do this more serious version that was beholden to Zach and the studio being like, no man, you got to be like our Spider-Man again, chasing, chasing the Marvel like tale, you know, like, I, I don't know. Like I just, just seeing the whole picture now, like it just really feels like that might be the case. And it makes me wonder if we're ever going to see that flash movie. I mean, allegedly they are finally moving forward. I mean, apparently they've got, Michael Keaton on board to come back as Batman and Affleck to do a, you know, final swan song as, as his version of the character, given how and many Supergirl. did they cast Supergirl in it too? Like I heard that Supergirl yeah, they cast did cast that. a Supergirl. See, I don't, I can't remember offhand if it was for Flashpoint or just for like a DC movie moving forward. I'm not positive. It might be for Flashpoint. It, it may I very it well be. I, yeah. I was doing a, I was doing another podcast, um, Crashing Game Night, shout out to those guys. Um, but then they were talking about on the episode I was on, and I, and I believe it was for the, the flat. Again, mm -hmm. I don't follow the, the news on this stuff super tightly, so I'm just basically going what they told me. But um, but yeah, it's, it sounded like it was for Flash, so gotcha. who knows? Like, let's see. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. This thing has had so many, you know, st not, not, I mean, I don't think they ever actually film anything. I think, like, it's just never gotten to that point. Like, they've, they've kept having people, you know, fall out. So, yeah. but there have been so many of these, like, uh, you know, ab aborted attempts that it's like, I'll believe it when I see it. But I think, you know, what, 
your speculation actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, if that is the case, it, I would totally get that, right? Like he signed on to like Zach, like Snyder sold him on a specific vision of the character, right? That's what he signed on to play. That's what he filmed originally. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and then he had to come back that, and that's play what, this. That's what the original director that they had on for so long. And, and remember, right. he was going to make like a Flash Cyborg, like almost team up movie. with Right, that, right. That, that's right, yeah. So I don't know, maybe that is part of the reason that there's tension between, you know, the original intent for the character, you know, what Ezra Miller wants to do with the character versus what, you know, the, the direction the studio wanted to go in after, after Justice League. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hope it happens. I hope it reflects the Snyder cut version of Barry for sure. Um, yeah. You know, uh, I, actually, I mean, I really do actually like the Ezra Miller uh, Flash, uh, you know, so it would be like cool the, to I see I like the Snyder, the Snyder Cut version I like, yeah. Yes, the, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the thing that breaks my heart the most is that I think the chances of more Henry Cavill as Superman, I think, I feel like it's a real uh, becoming a, an even, slimmer, it, even slimmer prospect. But, dude, he still wants to do it. Like, I have you... Uh, have you ever seen like interviews with him or anything talking like he named his dog Cal. Like yeah. he's a fan of the, the Kansas city chiefs because he thinks Superman would be a fan of the Kansas city chiefs. Like he's like, like so down to play this character. And that's so yeah. rare. Like, yeah. like Chris Evans dude, like has no respect for captain America. Like you hear interviews with him. He's like, ah, oh, yeah, it's, it's kid stuff. Like he, like he does mm. not care about this kid. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't know the guy personally, but like I, I've read interviews with him where like, he seems dismissive, right? Gotcha. And like Henry Cavill in every interview, you look at social media, everything, he just seems so like like a nerd at heart that just wants to be Superman. And like, he's so good at it. And he looks so good in the suit, like in the black suit, the red suit, the blue suit, whatever suit, like he just strikes a commanding like silhouette as Superman. And I don't get why they don't want to keep going forward with him. Like he's great. I know. Well, you know, to that point, I mean, he said in interviews that Superman for tomorrow is his favorite comic book story. And like, I take him at his, you know, I take him at his word because that's not like the most known Superman story. So like for him to call that out, I feel like that's pretty specific. It's not like he said, you know, I don't know. Dude, I'll do you one crazier. I remember this was an interview. I think it was on a talk show when he was promoting Batman. I think it was for Batman versus Superman. I mean, it might have been from Man of Steel, but like someone asked him about like the comics and he started like listing off artists and not just like, not Jim Lee. He was like, yeah, I really like Kenneth Rockefeller. Like <laughs> who the hell would know that unless you like, you know, comics, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it's just, it's, it's interesting to me that he's so down and so into it where like a lot of these actors don't seem to share that like enthusiasm. I mean, dude, the DC actors in general seem to be really into it. Like Jason Moe seems to be like, into yeah. being Aquaman. Gal Gadot seems into being Wonder Woman. Like, you don't really seem to get that enthusiasm publicly from the, like, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. per se. It's, I, mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he does, but, like, he's he doesn't seem to be, like, like, you know. Yeah. Like, as, as a front about it, you know. Oh, man, I think there's something. Yeah, so... And again, it's like, right, who knows for sure what's in anybody's head, right? Like Chris Evans mm. might be a diehard Cap fan and it just doesn't come off. Yeah. And maybe these people, maybe like, uh, you know, the DC sure, actors sure, are just sure. really great actors and they they come off great in these interviews. But I think there might be something to what you're saying because I feel like with a lot of the Marvel actors, I think I think they like being in Marvel movies. I think they really like being in Marvel movies. But I feel like with the DC actors... 
yeah, there there does seem to be more of an attachment to the characters that they're mm-hmm. that they're playing. Um, yeah, I mean, I know, I think I think there might be, you know, there might be a little a little something to that. And yeah, for Cavill, I mean, you know, for him to call out these storylines and artists that are kind of like deep cuts. And he said in interviews like relatively recently that he feels like there's still a lot of justice to be done for Superman. Like he wants to, you know, kind of reflect more of the comics and in the, in the movies. Like he's not, I agree. Like he doesn't seem to want to be done and I don't want it to be done. I mean, like I, I don't either. (sighs) He's so good. Like, yeah, he is. Like they, they struck gold with him. Cause like he's, he's serious and tough, but like, he still looks like the Superman in your head that you like imagine. Like he like, like, yeah, man, I I don't know. Like they, they really shouldn't like pull the, like the the eject cord on him. Cause he's, you know, I think he's got, I think he's got at least another trilogy left in them too. If I'm going to be honest with you, like, I mean, I mean, I guess it depends like how he ages, you know, if he like has gets injured or whatever and can't like maintain the size or whatever, but, Right. You know, well, he can always borrow but, the padding from the Superman and Lois costume. It'll be all right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I what, 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 what I mean when I said, <laughs> like, you know, for Pete, anyone who's listened, for anyone who like listens to all these episodes, they're probably like, why is Anthony like always talking about the padding? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, the padding's bad in that in that suit, but like, you know, it's it's noticeable in 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 the Superman Lois show, not not Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill, I don't think has any pads in his suit. <laughs> but uh, he's you see him without a shirt in this he is sufficiently ripped like he is he is probably the most in shape human being on earth but um i watched on like he did like a men's health uh thing like where he shows his workout and there's this like shoulder blaster that he does and and i've done it a few times it, it's not as hard <laughs> and it's not even it's not even like the it's not even the amount of weight like it's a rel- it's like 20 pound dumbbells but it's uh the the volume of of reps and the different types of of uh of workout that you do with it it's um you know but it was inter- it was interesting uh, but but anyway yeah. go ahead so what were you going to say uh i totally forgot I got, I got down the rabbit hole. I forgot what I was saying. Sorry. No, just about, you know, oh, that, that you think like he could have another trilogy in him. Oh yeah. 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 Totally. Like, uh, well, yeah. What I was saying was um, with him getting injured, like, like I know the other actors for these superhero movies, like, like Chris Evans, for example, they talk about the, the toll it takes on your body to like maintain that like level of like rippedness and size, which like, it's not easy. You know I mean? Humans aren't designed to look like that. So like, to, to, to maintain that for years and years and years definitely takes a toll. So that's more what I was referring to. Yeah. With like, yeah. No, I know for sure. Um, but, and you know, but that's the thing like with Superman, you know, you could, even if not that he would necessarily look this old, but you could make him look older and do like a kingdom come type thing. Like there's some, you know, there are a lot, oh, of, yeah. a lot of directions that they could go. And I know, I mean, I would love, I would love to get, even if it's just one more, even if it's just mm-hmm. one more solo outing. Cause it's like, it's crazy to think, I mean, you know, since 2013 like he's been superman yet he's only had one solo movie you know and yeah. obviously you know you know the, you know uh you know co-lead on batman v superman and then a relatively small role in justice league it's like we you know we haven't seen you know that much of him and certainly in a solo adventure in a long time so and it's like where this movie leaves off with the pregnancy it's like man i would i would love to see the next chapter and more of him in the black I costume know. I know, I know. Okay, here's a question: Would you would would you rather Zach if Zach was going to come back? Would you rather him do 
Man of Steel 2, or would you rather him do the Justice League Part 2 and Part 3? If I had to choose, as sad mm-hmm. as I would be to not see the Justice League arc reach its conclusion, Man of Steel 2. What about you? Yeah. I mean, after telling after what you told me about what he had planned, I think I would... Like Perfect World, Zach would do Justice League 2 and 3, and then they get an equally talented director to handle Man of Steel 2. But like, I definitely want Man of Steel 2. For sure. But like if I could only get one, oh man, it's so tough. Cause like if I could only get one, probably Man of Steel 2, just be oh, I don't know though, the <laughs> Justice League, seeing all the Justice League, seeing everyone come back. Like, I mean, we're assuming Ben Affleck's back and Galgado and like all the whole crew is coming back, then like I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough one. And you know, and I feel like the possibility of these people coming back is is like not that crazy i mean especially if it's i mean if the money's there and also if it's like you were saying before you know if it's done as an hbo max like mini series or something you know it's not it's not a 22 episode season of a show i mean i think it's mm-hmm. relatively doable to get these people and you know if it is justice league and it's an ensemble piece it's like you can probably block it out where you don't need affleck for that much mm-hmm. right yeah i guess ideal scenario would be Snyder, you know, continues with Justice League. You know, maybe it does take the form of miniseries. I, and I think that, you know, either one miniseries or two yeah. or whatever. And I think that would be awesome. Maybe since, you know, he spent a lot of time, rightfully so, right, introducing all of these Justice League characters, you know, maybe Superman could get a little bit more of the focus in the next one. You know, now he's been back, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I think maybe that would be my ideal version where, like, Man of Steel is sort of woven into uh, you know, Man of Steel yeah. 2 is like woven into the future Justice League. That would be great. I would yeah. love to see the storyline continue, but with a little bit more of an emphasis on Clark. Yeah, totally, totally. I mean, dude, I would love to see Man of Steel 2 just in general, like him fighting like Brainiac or something. Like so, like something that doesn't even have to do with Justice League, just like a Superman movie would be awesome. You know, um, I, don't know. I, I also really want that Green Lantern movie that was supposedly... Do you remember that original slate of movies that had like the cyborg oh, yeah, movie yeah, and everything? Yeah, yeah. In 2020, a Green Lantern movie was supposed to be coming out. And like, I, I'm, I'm so dis- disheartened with that. Cause like we got two brief glimpses of Green Lanterns in this movie. And like, they both excited me when I saw them. I was like, yeah, like dude, the part when you saw the dead Green Lantern, I had to rewind it. Cause I'm like, is that Hal? Is that Hal? And like, but it was, it was just some alien Green Lantern. So, but yeah, I was, man, they got to, they got to do, they got to do Green Lantern justice, man. They have to. Well, you know, speaking about, like you said, the future of, of the DC on film, I mean, you know, HBO Max is planning uh, a television series. I know, you know, Jeff Johns is one of the producers and, you know. Uh, I, I mean, I would be excited for that if any of the Green Lanterns I cared about were in it. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, like no John, no Kyle, no Hal. It's like, those are my three favorite Green Lanterns, and, like, n- none of the three of them are in it, and it's like... Is there no Jon Stewart? No. Oh. No, it's 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 Guy Alan Scott, for some reason, which yes. doesn't make any sense, because he's not part of the Green Lantern Corps. Like, I don't even know why he's there. Right. Um, I think Jessica Cruz is in it, and possibly Simon Baz? Okay. I'm not sure about that. So it's, like, the two newer ones, and then Guy Gardner... Which I mean, Simon and Jessica—they're—they're—they're they're, they're pretty cool characters. Like I've worked on them. Like I do think they're—they're they're cool characters. And I shouldn't say like I don't. Green Lantern's a character, but like I do actually care about them. Like I think they're good characters. But like, 
like they're not like the anchor characters, you know. Like to me, like the anchor characters are John, Kyle, and Hal, and like I just like they don't have any of them in it. It just it bums me out, you know. I know. Yeah, I, you know the very curious where you know where they'll go, uh, you know, with with the movies in particular. Um, you know, I know now they're embracing the multiverse concept, and I know you know we'll see that play out in Flash. It's um. You know, it's sad because it's like with the Marvel movies, like they're going to the multiverse because they can, right? Like they did so well and they reacquire the rights to all of their characters. And it's like now they can, you know, they can, you know, they can play around and, and they can have all the different versions of Spider-Man in a movie. And it's, you know, whereas with DC, I feel like they're like, you know, it's like they don't have now a cohesive vision for all of these movies and so like you know and i know we've talked about this before but it's just like i feel like it's it's a mess and i feel like they're looking at multiverses like okay this is a way to just like have a simple a crutch yeah yeah, a simple explanation for everything it almost feels like a crutch and like and like like that's the thing like i'm not really even excited really for the flash movie because like the idea of him universe hopping and not just getting like a good flash origin movie like doesn't really excite me that much. Like, I don't really care about seeing Michael Keaton come back as Batman. I mean, I know that might be sacrilege. I love Michael Keaton as Batman. I love that take. I love those movies. But like, I I'd rather just see like a good Flash movie. Like, like that that him and Iris scene at the beginning. Like, I I would want more of that. Like, I don't need to see like him go hang out with like super old Michael Keaton at this point as Batman. Like, I, you know, it's just I don't know. You know what I would love to see in a Flash movie. Um... I would love, if they, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing the origin because, and that's funny, like for this Barry Allen, we didn't see the origin story, right? Yeah. So it would be cool to see that. I would love to see uh, like Rogue War. I would love to see Barry yeah. up against like a team of rogues because, you know, the Flash TV series, which I've, I say I've given up on, but I watched six and a half seasons. I, I, I got pretty far, but you know, we've seen like a lot of the big villains, like the reverse Flash and Zoom. Like we've, you know, we've gotten a lot of that. And they've done a lot of the rogues, but one of my disappointments, and I, I assume this is like a budget thing, but rarely do you see the rogues team up. And mm-hmm. I, unless I'm forgetting, we've never seen like all, like all of them team up. And I think that would be like yeah. a really fun Flash movie. Totally, because that would like, like on their own, the rogues wouldn't really pose that much of a threat, but dealing with all of them at the same time, that's where like you tap into like what makes his powers unique and what makes his powers like vital, you know? And like, and when I say origin story, I don't necessarily mean like seeing him get a hit with the lightning bolt or anything. I just mean like establish his world, establish him like starting work at the crime lab, establish right. his relationship with Iris, establish like maybe there's Wally West like shows up, you know what I mean? Like just like, like building out his world like is more like what I would want to see as opposed to him like time hopping to Gotham to the eighties. You know what I mean? Like it's just not, I, I don't know. Like, I could be wrong. I could be eating my words. It could be the best movie I ever made, but like, I don't know. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Um, you know, again, I think wonder woman now, which was one of their, you know, one of their stable properties, right? I think that's in flux now because the reaction to, you know, 1984 was not great. I don't, you know, I don't think they got the, the, the response they were looking for. So you know, what form Wonder Woman 3 takes. I know they've announced they're doing it and Patty Jenkins is coming back. You know, I don't know. We'll what, see what, what happens. Was, so I didn't see Wonder Woman 84. Was it like that it was more comedic and it wasn't as like serious? Like what was what was the difference between like this and... It wasn't, I mean, I mean, there were, there were numerous... Honestly, the villain I thought was, was, uh, was, it was a mess and was kind of uh, hard to track and was very over the top. 
Um, okay. but, but on Cheetah? Top, no, Maxwell Lord. Cheetah too oh, was okay, visually okay. Uh, not that impressive. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it was not great. And the the larger issue I had with with eighty four, and this not this is really not a spoiler, but the idea that Wonder Woman that Diana is like so hung up on Steve decades later that she's like so fully withdrawn from the world. It didn't as much as I understand that she loved him and she misses him. I get that. And I appreciate that. It's beautiful and tragic. But the idea that this strong woman has so closed herself off, even to friendships for 70 years. um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It didn't quite, it didn't quite match my, my version of the character. I won't spoil this, but the way that Steve comes back is really problematic, and I can't believe that nobody caught this. Um, so there's a little weird thing there. And then, yeah, the villains, Maxwell Lord and Cheetah, were just, uh, I, I was really not impressed. There are some cool sequences, and there's, uh, visually, there are, like there's the big opening sequence on Themyscira in the past. That's really cool. Um, you know, there's this the fireworks scene, which you'll know when you see it. That, I think, visually is a really beautiful scene. There's some good stuff in there, but it just, uh, and it's also, you know, it's funny, man. It's like, Four hours of Snyder Cut felt a lot faster than two plus hours of that. I'll I'll tell you that much because I remember like Steph and I watched it on Christmas when it came out, and I remember like we paused it to get a snack or something like I don't know maybe I don't know like an hour in or less, and it was like oh my god like I can't believe we have this much left, uh, you know of, of this thing. So yeah. uh, you know for anyone who enjoyed it, right on. I'm glad. Um, I I I did not care for it. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where Laura was super excited to see it. And then, I mean, Christmas, we just didn't have time because we had family over and stuff. And then like, by the time we had time to watch it, we had heard from so many people that it was terrible that Laura had like lost all interest in it. And, you know, I just did, we just didn't just, we just never. And by the time, like, we were like, Oh, we should watch it. Like it wasn't on HBO max anymore. So hopefully it'll come on now that I'm a subscriber. Hopefully it'll come on at some point and we can watch it. It'll come back. Uh, so, you know, what HBO was doing for the entire 2021 is, um, you know, they're releasing their movies in theaters and on HBO max at the same time. And it's on HBO max for a, a month mm-hmm. and then it leaves HBO max and it enters like the traditional home video life cycle where, you know, you can buy it or rent it, right? Like on iTunes and Amazon store, and then it'll eventually make its way back to HBO Max. So you'll, you'll, you'll get to see it. Um, with, uh, I wanted to ask you with Snyder Cut. So we talked about like rewatching it. So like, I'll definitely rewatch it with Steph and I'll watch the Justice's Grey edition when it comes out. I already lined up my buddy, uh, Justin DeVoe. He was on for, we did fight the final night episode a while ago. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lobo, right? All right. Real life Lobo. And uh, he and I, uh, we were messaging about Snyder Cut, and I was like, uh, I was like, when the black and white version comes out, you want to come on and talk about that? He was like, yeah. He's like, I'm so excited. He's like, I'll talk about what's toothpaste Superman uses. I don't care. Like, I just want to do it. I'm like, all right, we'll do it. It'll be fun. Nice. Uh, so I'll watch that, you know, and I'll see whatever new thoughts I have by that point. I don't know. Um, if and when there's a theatrical release of the Snyder Cut, if and when, uh, and assuming, you know, we're past pandemic and it's safe to go to like would you would you go see it in theaters i don't know i would if like like my dad really wanted to go with me or something like i i don't think i would go on my own um because like dude four hours especially in a theater like to not pee and stuff like it's a lot it's that's a lot um but yeah if like if like if I had family or friends that really wanted to see it and I hadn't seen it in a while, I'd, I'd probably did be down for sure. Yeah. yeah. 
So actually, though, on the note of the like uh, bathroom break, they the theatrical because he I know Snyder wants to do a theatrical version, and for when that if and when that happens, um, he did have Junkie XL compose like a ten or fifteen minute musical interlude. So there is oh, an inter- nice. there is an intermission. Although I don't know, you don't want to miss the music. You might just sit there and, <laughs> and hold it. Uh, I like that's the thing. There are two things that would keep me from going to see it on the big screen, possibly. Um, one is the duration. Like, again, it doesn't feel mm. like four hours, but again, I was able to get up every hour, you know, here. Me- mentally, it doesn't feel like four hours, but physically, physically. Like, like when you stand up after it, you're like, oh yeah. my God, I haven't moved in four hours. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. The other thing, I mean, look, maybe if there were Alamo Draft House, if it survives, geez. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah. Where they oh, really- is, our, is, ours, is ours still- hanging in i don't know tbd because yeah i know because they announced that you know alamo draft house they they're filing for bankruptcy but like they're reorganizing it's not going away but they announced that two of the locations like in austin like their flagship austin location and one other one are closing permanently and certain yeah. others will but they didn't announce which one so we have our local one you know in yonkers and uh, man i hope it sticks around but you know there they're strict with talking and everything my concern and i guess this isn't a huge deal because i will have already seen the movie but like you know and right we love comics fans right but like (laughs) i'd be a little wary of seeing it in a theater full of people like i don't need people cheering like all the time like over dialogue and stuff like that but i I don't know maybe it would be at the same time maybe it would be fun to kind of have that communal you know viewing experience yeah yeah but but at that point most people will have seen it though so they might you might not even get that like like i mean to me, a cheering moment is when Superman stops the axe. Like, that's yeah. like, yeah! Like, yeah, it had me just, like, so, like, amped. Like, yeah. Can we just, even just Henry, I can't, I can't let go of this moment. Even just Henry Cavill's line reading, his delivery, because he could have said, like, not impressed. But yeah. No, there was that flair to it where it's just, like, yeah. not impressed. Ah, yeah. I love so that good. moment. Yeah. It's so and the good. kick. So I know good. I said this already, but the kick. The kick is yeah, so good, <laughs> so good, dude. <laughs> it, it it was great. Um, all right, now for real, is, is there anything else that you want to say, or shall uh, shall we wrap this up? I think yeah, I think we pretty much hit everything, man. Like yeah, I I hope you had fun talking about it. I know I did. So oh man, I, yeah. Seven hours of my day was devoted <laughs> to the <Snyder> cut, so... <laughs> I know I, you know, I mean, I at least had a few days to, to kind of decompress, but I know you went straight from, uh, you know, from, from watching to doing this. So I appreciate it. Uh, I mean, again, you're, you're our most frequent guest. I, I tallied it up. Really? Yeah. You really you definitely... more than Sean, more than Sean Hendrick. Well, I, well, within digging for kryptonite, as far as like, oh, okay, okay. as far as all of my podcasts together. Yeah, that I don't know. I'd have to do some math on that, but uh, definitely on digging for kryptonite, you're you're up there. And uh, you know, I, I Sweet. always Sweet. I always love doing these, and especially this episode. Like it was, you know, as we talked about when we when we talked about Snyder previously. You know, thankfully now I feel like the pendulum has has swung a bit. But you know, I feel like for a while there's so much hate on these movies, and so to find a kindred spirit who was like, no, like, these are great. You know, I mean, I remember like the first time we talked about like, oh, like what a relief, you know. (laughs) Uh, And so to, you know, kind of have that episode and and speculate about what a Snyder cut might be like and to finally get to this point uh, and to be able to talk about it. No, this really was a blast. So I thank you um, as always. uh, Always a pleasure. I look forward to your future appearances. And you did, you drew, you were inspired by the Snyder cut and you drew a a black suit Superman piece that was 
gorgeous. And so let me say to anyone, you should be following Ken on social media anyway. Um, but if if you're not, or if you follow, but maybe you haven't checked in a while, go check out this sketch um, you, on Twitter and Instagram. What what are the handles again? Uh, Twitter is at VK Marion and Instagram's at VKen Marion. Um, so make sure that you follow Ken and in particular, check out that black suit Superman sketch. Cause that was real nice, man. That came out. Oh, great. Thanks, man. Thank Cause like you, you say, you sent me Thank like the, uh, like, you know, when you first started and then I saw the finished piece and it was like, ah, so good. Oh, thanks man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so good. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so, I was so excited about the black suit, you know, and like it, it didn't disappoint at all. It was so good. I, I told you that, uh, those McFarlane figures came out and I was like, Ooh, this is tempting. Kind of want to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Well, the, like I, I'd mentioned this to you, I think off mic another time, but the, the DC universe app, uh, like they gave subscribers and like an early access to order a new set of Funko pops based on the Snyder cut. And it includes the black suit Superman. Um, I didn't go for it just cause I've kind of, oh. kind of put the pops on pause a little bit, but, uh, but that was, te- yeah, I know there's like, I know there's a lot of cool stuff. That's, uh, that, that's really tempting. I know. I know, dude. I know. I'm, so, so much cool shit like to buy you know it's like and this is this is just kind of like reignited my like my like passion now for like the dc extended universe so i'm like oh man i just want to get this stuff so yeah. dude i gotta make sure i got the space though that's the, that's the thing i gotta keep all my stuff in my office here can't have any uh figures migrating out into the, the living room so yeah well bringing it back to chris yeah. wilcock as chris always says it's like you the money is you know the money is a factor too right but you'll make it work how, however you need to like but space yeah. you can you know space. you can't create space that's the thing yeah yeah for sure so um but listen man thank you so much this really was fun man i, I had a really good time yeah dude i had a blast thank you so much for having me back my pleasure uh thank you to everyone who listened or watched i hope this was fun i hope that you know if you enjoyed the snyder cut that this was a fun a little victory lap, kind of reliving some of the great moments. And, uh, you know, maybe if you were kind of on the fence about the Snyder Cut, I don't know, maybe this maybe this might have turned you around a little bit. I don't know if you hated the Snyder Cut. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much you would have liked this well, podcast. If, if you hated the Snyder Cut, but I hope you at least liked listening to us talk about it, you know? <laughs> so there's, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. We'll go with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I've listened to podcasts where, like, I totally disagree with the opinions that's being said, but, like, I still enjoy the podcast, so. Right on. Yeah, we'll go yeah. with that. I'm sure there's there are some folks who fall into that category. And, you know, look, in the interest of, of diplomacy, right, and being welcoming, it's like, if you didn't enjoy it, it's okay. Don't sweat it. But thank you for checking out this podcast either way. Uh, make sure you, you keep tuning in. Um, April is a big month on the show. Um, you're actually going to be hearing from Ken again uh, in, like, I think a few days. So... <laughs> For our Mark Wade episode, uh, for our, our oh, little, nice. okay, our, little yeah. uh, our little wraparound segment. So April's a huge month. We're going to be talking about the Superman origins. So much great stuff coming up. Uh, thank you, Ken. Thank you to everyone who has listened or watched. Keep tuning in. And until then, remember, it's about what you do. It's about action. Digging for Kryptonite is a Flat Squirrel production. Art by Greg Shegel. Music by Basic Printer. If you like what you heard, be sure to listen to My Comic Shop History, available on most major podcast platforms. Sign up for exclusive additional content, including the Digging for Kryptonite companion podcast at patreon.com slash Anthony Desiato and watch my documentary film, My Comic Shop Country, out now on Apple TV and Amazon.